Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Super Show podcast, where tonight we're going to party like it's episode 99, because, lads, in the immortal words of Will Smith, hold up, it is. But before I get your guys' hot takes on just how long this podcast has run for, I've got to inform you that there's another reason to party in today's episode. Okay, let's hear it. Because for the first time ever, lads, the Super Show has a sponsor. (gasps) God damn Insert gasps and uh, rapid applause there We're we're in the big leagues now We are in the big leagues We've officially made it Because this episode of the Super Show Is brought to you by Manscaped So stay tuned until later on in the show To find out how you can not only get 20% off And free shipping By using the code supershow at manscaped.com But also to hear Jonesy regale us with tales Of how he shredded his nuts to ribbons As a teenager All in search of that silky smooth finish Which (laughs) is now, I'll give you a spoiler alert, a lot more achievable thanks to Manscaped. We're going to hear from them more later on in the show. Love. You'd think I would have learned after the first time, but no. Yeah, no. apparently uh, your wife told me behind your back that she was a little bit put off by the scars, the horrible scars <laughs> that adorn your ball sack, but yeah. she's been able and, to look past it. And Jonesy's mom did tell me that uh, he used to use a cheese grater, and that's why they are horribly scarred. So don't do there that. There was no internet in those days. I just, I could get whatever I could off the back of dirty old newspapers that I found, and someone said that's the way yeah. to do it. How are so you I to know? Young and impressionable. Exactly. Yeah. If you didn't have a subreddit to tell you how to shave your balls, you were basically <laughs> it was a guessing game. You know, no one knew better than anyone <laughs> anyone else. You just asked the bigger kids, and the bigger kids always lied. But exactly. fellas, no, no need for. Uh, any mangling of testes anymore, as we'll find out later. As we will. Find Jesus, out later. mate! If you're going down to the testes, you've gone far too low. Wait, are the testes not the things we're shaving? No, mate, that's just scrotum. So wait, sorry, inside the bag. Testes are your. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. Inside. If you're if you're if you're grating down to the Jones is going epidermal. Is this your guy's way of telling me you don't put your lawnmower 4.0 inside your sack? You make a not small incision in the base, no? Not meant to do that. Jesus no, Okay, see, this is why communication is important. This is why social media is important. And if social media is important to you, as it is to us, then you can communicate with us using mm-hmm. social media by leaving a comment on our YouTube channel if you're watching us on YouTube. Or you can reach out to us on Twitter. The handle is at SuperShowPod. All topics, including the uh, the well-being of your bullsack, completely welcome. Um, wow. And okay. hey, if the idea of hearing us talking about our balls and shaving our balls while looking at our faces is a little bit <laughs> off-putting to you, then great news. I also have a solution. That's what the Super Show is all about, practical solutions. And the answer to your prayers is the audio version of this podcast, which you can get at all good audio podcasting platforms. Did I say that? Yeah. Right? Probably. You did. Talking about Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, head over there, get listening, rate it five stars, and you can get the deluxe experience of this podcast. And by deluxe, I mean, as I mentioned earlier, you don't have to stare at us. Some people genuinely want that privilege, lads. Can you blame it, them? It's a perk. Not at all. For sure. For sure. Exactly. Do you know what else is a perk? Hmm. Listening to this show in a quasi-live format. That's Ooh. right. Because if you think pressing play on Spotify or Google Podcasts gives you a rush, nothing will give you quite a rush as Paisley Radio. That's right. We are still internet radio chad stars i think there was a a word in there that i'd forgotten and if you want to join us in our internet radio pilgrimage then over to head over to paisleyradio.com thursdays at 10 p.m it's repeated on mondays and um once again thank you to the paisley radio gang for their ever loving yeah. support big, big shout out to the scots 
what's great is that we're recording this. We're recording this Thursday night at 10 p.m. Well, just after. So right now, if we were to go over to Paisley Radio, we'd hear ourselves chat. We should do that one day. We should do like super super showception. I like react to ourselves. That that could be quite an interesting niche, you know. Like, yeah, I like it. Oh god, the next evolution of reaction videos, reacting to yourself, and then you could do a video reacting to the reaction of reacting to yourself. Yeah, that was like in the terrifying Bo, Bo Burnham's yeah. Inside. He did a skit about that, which was actually pretty fucking well done. Uh, fair play. Um, yeah, but yeah, Jamie, when you said like to hear us live, I thought you you had leaked the uh, confidentiality that we were. You know the, the confidential aspect of what we're trying to do on on Broadway, but you've you've kind of let the cat out of the bag now. We are working on a Broadway spectacular, <laughs> an arena Broadway spectacular, I should say, yeah. because we wanted, in fact, specifically to have a three hundred and sixty degree stage so we could perform to all angles. We're still yeah. working <laughs> out the details <laughs> while you watch us shape our balls. Yeah, um, I hope it's as popular as our last uh, public performance or public outing because. Um, yeah. Having about seven people turn up would be good if we were on a 360 degree stage yeah. shooting a ball. So. And in fact, I, um, I, I think just the crew members alone will be enough to cover that that uh, <laughs> quota. Yeah, true. <laughs> just having five people pulling the curtains, and we've already peaked <laughs> in terms of our live attendance rating. We actually were in discussions with uh, the famous Mr. Lin Manuel Miranda about turning the Super Show into something of a musical. Unfortunately, uh, negotiations didn't get very far. He wanted to turn all three of us black which we yeah. thought would be a little bit of a sticking point. Yeah. Also, Jonesy kept on calling him Linda, so it yeah. didn't help things. <laughs> yes. His hair no, was long at the time. Him. He was yeah. giving off sort of minor Karen vibes. <laughs> minor Karen vibes. Yeah. Wow. And I like do, you know, do you know who else gives me minor Karen vibes? Not necessarily in a Western sense, but in his native land. I don't know where this is going. Oh, but, I don't uh, know. Hmm. Genuinely, Hideo Kojima. Wow. I think that he's thrown his food back in the face of a few waiters in his time. I can see it. Really? You know? I, no, I can't see that. I could totally see it. Like like these, these kind of like auteurs, these are, you, you know, the kind of peak of their craft. I can see them being like absolute assholes. Yeah. Like that's behind some of them, some of them for sure. I don't know about Kojima. I can I'm imagine that like, because you know, like he always sends pictures on his Instagram about like, oh, this is the, fucking sandwich that I'm eating at my desk where there's a little clue about what I'm fucking editing the trailer for this time. And they're like, you know, those Japanese um, sandwiches that are very kind of like nicely oh, yeah. packaged and, and everything. But I imagine that if he gets the wrong one, he takes a bite out of it and he spits it, spits it back in the person that served it to him because he's like, you know, he didn't have a sense of existential dread and uh, sans lingua franca fucking <laughs> bullshit. And he's just like, fuck this shit, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Is this it wasn't, it wasn't says, Kojima they, enough for him, is what I'm saying. As they try and walk off after they hand it to him, he goes, wait, wait, wait. And then he takes a bite just to make sure if he needs to kick off that they're still there, they can do it right in their face. Yeah, probably. Exactly. But you know what the funny thing is? Even mm. if Kojima has made a habit of spitting his food back in the faces of waiters and waitresses, that might stand out in Tokyo. One city where it probably won't stand out that much, Los Angeles. Ah. Uh, because there's probably a lot of that types already embedded in <laughs> that city. Which is appropriate, because that, lads, is where Kojima Productions have opened up their brand new studio. Their LA studio. But there's a twist. So, so yeah, exactly. Like Okay, so Kojima Productions opened studio. It's not exactly news, Jamie. Well, that's because, Chris, the full extended headline... If you uh, sign up to the uh, the the full extended headline tier 
for three pounds ninety nine a month, you'd have known this. Is Kojima Productions open new LA studio to focus on TV, film, and music? Which I don't know. I guess based on the number of hours of cutscenes we've sat through in his games for the past decade, kind of makes sense that he would reach this point eventually, right? Yeah, but I I think like as interesting as this news is, I think we're forgetting one thing. Like, so TV and film, you're kind of like, oh, okay, you know, Kojima, like. Fuck it. Like what was it? Like Metal Gear Solid Four was like pretty much ninety five percent fucking cutscene, <laughs> and and TV are like okay, yeah, that could be an interesting kind of foray. But music is the one that kind of interests me the most because I know what it's going to be is it's going to be um. Uh, let me set the scene, okay? Okay. Pitch pitch black stage, okay? But you can tell it's like a theater stage, okay? And it's pitch black. It's a uh, okay monochromatic black and white, you know. Okay. okay, a little bit of chrome coming through, you know, just for that little bit of a finesse, you know, okay. And there's a chair in the middle of the kind of stage there, okay. all right. And very slowly, very subtly, a little bit of piano starts playing. Just a little, like, little tinkles here and there, like, and then very slowly, it starts raining on the stage. And then suddenly, Hideo Kojima in a leotard comes running through <laughs> through the stage, leaping in the air, doing a front uh, somersault, landing on the chair, and then head down, and then all of a sudden he goes, uh, huh? You know what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. I, and, at this point, I just interested. like to declare you're interested. that I'm out. No, I'm out. I'm no, no, sorry. No. I, have, I will not be investing in this subject. I have I, two I, notes. I'm all in. I have I'm, two I'm notes. like both shaved testicles in is what I am. I, I have two notes, if I can. Mm, yes, and, uh, yes. If you say yes to both, I'll be in. Okay. Um, one, can we get Lin-Manuel Miranda to direct? <laughs> and two, can Hideo Kojima be black? Uh, yes to one of those, but I'm not going to tell you which one. Okay. I just want him to rap about his time at Konami. My name is <laughs> Kojima, and I'm here to say I left Konami in an awful way. That's what <laughs> Hamilton's like, right? I haven't, ah. seen, I haven't seen it, but I presume... It's kind yeah. of like that, but it does about sound the, like that. It's about it's, constitutions it's, it, and you know. you've you've pretty much nailed it. And you know what else is at the end of the whole show? Um, Shia LaBeouf has been sitting in the back row, and then he just stands up, he starts clapping. Damn! And then actually, it was a sequel to the Shia LaBeouf song. So there you go. Shia yeah. LaBeouf. I, you know, I'm down for that, J- Jonesy. Can I pick your brain though for a second? Because yeah, you, do you and me, it. look, as a, as a trio, we've shared <laughs> a lot just, of experiences. Can I just say, Jonesy is so fucking low energy today. I love it. I love low energy, Jonesy. Is everything all right, I'm not Jonesy? low energy at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, I tell you what, as soon as we start talking about games, I'll be high energy. But we're pretty far off at this point. Wait, we're you, talking you think about this a leotarded Hideo Kojima. Are you mad? This is not a gaming podcast, right? No, I know. You've been lied to. I've been lied to. You've been bamboozled, buddy. What I was going to say, though, is that, look, the three of us over the years have had a lot of shared experiences. We've acquired, accrued a lot of PTSD. But, Jonesy, there's one thing that you and I share, which is that we've <clears> both played probably too much, and I'd say at some point almost any amount is too much, of a little game called Death Stranding. So what I want to know from How you, dare you is, <laughs> when you hear that when you hear someone describe that the goal of Kojima Productions' new LA studio being to uh, transfer quote the characters and properties of his games to other mediums, how does that sit with you? Oh, it's absolutely terrifying. <laughs> like, I think you take the okay. 
if you said to me you can take the you know Hideo Kojima's games right a lot of cutscenes a lot of talking a lot of exposition a lot of gradually teased out narratives and stories um but riddled usually with some awesome gameplay some great like settings some interesting characters that you get to play with and like battles and fights and whatever now you say remove all the gameplay and just give me the narrative and the chat and the cutscenes. I'm like, no thanks. Right, do you know what it's going to be? The first film that they announce that they're going to be making, like if they say we're going to make a film, it'll end up being, it's not one film anymore, it's three, and each one is five hours long. <laughs> and I'm like, Perfect. no. Jonesy, as someone who has watched uh, an 11-hour YouTube cut of all the cutscenes of uh, Death Stranding at two times speed, so it only really took me uh, five and a half hours. That's called economy of scale. Um, I'll tell you that it's not, it's not a, such a bad prospect. In fact, if anything, it could be quite enjoyable. But the big elephant in the room here, fellas, is Kojima Productions only has one fucking game, and it's Death Stranding. Right, yeah. That's so true, yeah, that is absolutely <laughs> true. Unless, unless what he's doing is he's penned a deal with Remedy and he's going to make uh, Quantum Break 2 and create a TV show alongside yeah, the game. Yeah, parallel. Which is mm, okay. not a thing that's going to happen and it's a very bad kind of... <laughs> Just get the Fox guy of... from X-Men back and those two dudes who are both in the wire and uh, <laughs> jobs are good. There you go. Get a, get a cameo with Kojima. That'll be the difference. Boom. There you go. Yeah. I, I do I do think, though, that I kind of get where Chris is coming from in that, like, you know how some people, to some people, a car crash is just a car crash, and yet other people like to look at car crashes and whack off. <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that movie. Yeah, I've seen, movie, I've seen crash. that movie Drive. Yeah. Drive, is it Drive? No, it's Crash. No, Crash, Crash, Crash. Yeah. Crash, crash, the, crash, the good crash. The, day, the, um, the Cronenberg crash. Not Both the, crashes yeah. were good, to be fair. Yeah, well, I think well, I if I I spent a lot of time on R slash movies, Chris, and I hate to inform you that Reddit has moved on. Okay, <laughs> it's up there with Green Book from the with the when it comes to out of touch best picture winners. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, but I actually like, walked. I actually walked out of the cinema when I was watching Crash. Did you? Why? Yeah, not 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 the like the not the the Soderbergh one, the other one. Um, because yeah. I was because it was like. It was so shaky, the hand, the like the handheld cameras, and I was sat right in the front, and I was just like, I, I just can't. I, I motion I like, sickness. Yeah, no, I thought I think I was like fourteen at the time. No, it wasn't even motion sickness. I just I was like, I've just got better time to do with my hormone in rage. I'm too cheap to walk out in, of the film. I was find that really weird. When, yeah, well, you, you, know I, you know what I did, Jonesy? I'm too cheap. I, I I left with my friend Chris Mavro, and uh, we went to McDonald's <laughs> and we we picked up some ladies. Oh, as, as fourteen-year-olds in the mall, so it's quality. Hello, you know. So that's that's why I remember it purely for that that reason. So yeah, decent, mate. To be fair, if ever there were a reason to walk out of a movie, it would be picking up chicks in the mall. That's a uh, yeah, it's pretty hard. That's pretty hard, for Chris. <laughs> it was pretty fucking radical. It was pretty radical, and you know what? <laughs> Again, like that movie, there was a distinct lack of people whacking off over car crashes. And what I was gonna say is that the idea of a Hideo Kojima movie or a TV show i.e. none of the good gameplay to break up his absolute nonsense writing, is the kind of car crash that I'd like to whack off to. So, like, I acknowledge that it's a disaster, but I'm still going to come, if that makes sense. Okay, I know what I've just said the opposite to this, but I'm going to, like, argue with myself, which is probably not that surprising. Oh, a, a super gonna, show first? I'm going to say that there is a possibility, though, that especially with film, less so of TV, 
he could be forced to streamline and like and um smooth out the the sort of extra long exposition and all like yeah. the, the complicated stories well, and really try and nail it in a few hours in which case you could end up with something which is actually really good because a lot of his stories and stuff are very good and a lot of the things he tries yeah. to say and a lot of the way he tries to put across the narrative they just for me are so drawn out in the games over point. so many cutscenes that you yeah. end up getting almost i get fatigued by kojima cutscenes. i end up like yeah. losing interest yeah. in what's going on beyond well, the gate like beyond the gameplay <clears> side of it so it, maybe it, that's a good it, thing it's either one or the other right like if 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 they go for the film aspect, then you've got a constraint of like, say, 90 minutes to, I don't know, three hours. That's a reasonable amount of time that an audience would be willing to give you, even yeah. if you're fucking Kojima, because that's just how movies roll, right? Um, but on the other side, like, it probably would make more sense to go TV and have a drawn out kind of like, you so know. That's going to be painful, <clears throat> isn't it? Well, I mean, a say, Kojima TV show. Yeah, now, you're on season. You say 10. you say that, but I think I think it'll be fine. Like if you take like let's say, you know, these days you don't have like full full seasons as we used to know them as like 24 episodes, etc. But you'll get like between eight anywhere between eight and 12 episodes of like one hour long things, and that's like, well, that's entering Kojima like um, yeah. cutscene territory. So, but the, the, yeah. it's the point that Josie just made quite successfully in the end that actually scares me about the tv show idea which is that yeah like there does seem something quite definitive about the running time of a movie that is a little bit more loosey-goosey when it comes to tv shows and like the idea of like metal gear for example where we had you know codec conversations which two boxes <laughs> talking to each other for what could feel like hours like i don't I, I don't know. I don't want to risk it. Although you just did give me another idea, Chris, when you were talking about how back in the good old days, a season of a show could be 24 episodes. Yeah. And uh, unsurprisingly, that reminded me of the show 24. 24. So yeah. how about this? What if instead of getting his own movie or his own TV show or working from his own IP, Hideo Kojima got hired as a director of a pre-existing show where he was allowed to do script tweaks but not wholesale changes and then allowed to impart his own visual Ooh. style on a like a a 24 style show that but except swap it out for one that's actually running or they yeah. just fucking i mean he's worked with Kiefer before bring back jack bauer bring back 24 <laughs> hideo kojima's 24 i i, I would be cool man. i wouldn't be like averse that. to that yeah but do you know no, what that kind of reminds cool. me of is like you know when they when they take x-rays of picasso's and they realized that, like, underneath all of the, like, abstract... He painted something before, right? Yeah, he had painted, yeah. like, a classical fucking painting of a bull getting fucking impaled or something. And then and then after he painted that, like, very good classical-style painting, he fucking went all, I don't know, what's Picasso Impressionist all over right. it, you know, or, or abstract, whatever it fucking is. And it's just like... that. He spooged all over he it. He spooged all over it. And that's kind of... Yeah, he's going to... He's, Jack's... Uh, Kojima's going to do a Jackson Pollock all over a TV show. Like, <laughs> do you want to tell you what's funny to me is you guys referencing like old, like old school series with 24, ep 24 episodes because they weren't. The UK thing was uh, back in the day when I was a kid, they were always six episodes. Like yeah, series right. or six well, I mean, we're talk, we're talking and then the yeah. American influence was the was like twenty four episodes or like loads, and then and I then I really got into that when I was a little bit older. But then I'm now so grateful that some shows have gone oh, back to yes. like the old yeah. school like one hour long six episode thing. That's so it, it keeps everything contained. Yeah. Every show is in, every episode is important. Whereas the kind of the more American twenty four episodes thing, they just end up getting fluffy. Like yeah, they, they can. 
be just rammed with filler and you yeah. end up thinking it, and that's what I don't want from Kojima I do not want 20 episodes of filler <laughs> so that he can occasionally put out something like that's really interesting you, you know it's really going to be engaging. fucking 24 episodes of filler but I don't want that though, it, it, and it's confused. only going to be 24 episodes of, of filler that's all it's going to be I st- I got bored with Dark. Like I can't, do, I can't oh, take Kojima doing that for like ten seasons. Yeah, but yeah. I, but he does have a flair for the visual. But I, I think what really what this is, um, if, if I'm putting my serious hat on instead of my goofy dickhead hat, um, is I think it's more going to be like a consultancy firm for TV, film, and music rather than. Straight up, right? Him doing his own shit, at least initially, I would imagine. Like a CEO, but, I, but, I, but we just don't know, right? Like we just don't know. No, we don't. It would just, right. uh, I'd imagine it's more of a the music side as well. I'd imagine what is more of a publishing label for bands and groups yeah. that he likes that are small and that he. Um, <laughs> oh, that's a good get. point. Yeah, they're they're just going to distribute every low raw album for the next decade, <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and that's it. Um, yeah. But no, I think you can. I, can I one more thing? I know that I won't like about the first series that the Kojima Productions produce is that it will feature um, Norman Reedus, who I'm not a big fan of. Oh, and he's just going to do the Reedus next season of no, a Ride with Norman Reedus. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's just Ride. Oh dear. Uh, I don't. I don't need any more Norman Reedus. <laughs> Hideo, Hideo Kojima's The Walking Dead. Oh yeah. Any takers? Like, no thanks. No? no thanks. No. Okay. Well, we'll see. One thing that is slightly depressing about this is that it reminded me that uh, Jordan Vot roberts is that how we decided yes. to say his surname? Um, his Metal Gear Solid films during Oscar Isaac is still treading water, presumably, and uh, as of next month, it will be an entire year since Oscar Isaac confirmed that he had signed on to play Solid Snake. At least I yeah. presume it was Solid Snake. A snake, <laughs> let's say. Um, or all the snakes, technically. Um, and that guy's not getting any younger, so... Hey, I, I just wrote a script where I made a, a joke about all the different snakes, but there we go. Oh, mm. uh, interesting. Mm. Uh, do we get, do we, uh, do, jo- oh yeah, Jonesy and I, I think we know what that is. You should do, yeah. You, you, do that? you know, the listeners will get, a, so. will get a sneak peek soon enough, I'd imagine. Yeah, all, all the more reason to stay subscribed to the <laughs> Super Show YouTube channel and maybe even consider joining up to our Patreon, Ooh. which... You can do it by heading over to patreon.com forward slash super show. You can pledge from as little as $2 a month. And we have all kinds of super juicy tiers with additional content for you to enjoy. Like I said, you can join our Discord. We have Patreon exclusive content. We have all kinds of stuff over there. And I can promise you we'll be continuing to populate the Patreon exclusive content tier of our Patreon as we move towards the Christmas period. Because we all know what it's like, you go home, you're with the family, you get a bit bored, you need your favourite voices, those familiar voices in your ear to get you through those desperate times. And um, some of the people who may well be relying on us for that <laughs> this fall are the people who have already pledged, and we want to say thank you very much to them and give them a special shout-out. Um, so Aim Nestus, Aaron Cameron, Athletic Gravy, Backstory for Anal Beads, does anyone know the story? I certainly don't. Jesper Camdal Nielsen, Jovella Cujo, Leo Merger, Magic Ritz, Mindful Pig, Mr. Anthropic. Have I said that word right? Anthropic. Yeah. 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 Nathan Anthropic, Anthropic yeah. Part Anthropic. of the 0.24%, if you know, you know. Pastors Guild, Scary Omen, Starful Kid, and the Head Honchos, Brett Z, Doppler, Geometric Potter, Hacksaw Bookread, Manuel, Caribbean Papi Guerrero, and Peaswad. Thank you all so much for your continued love and support. You are the reason we've been able to keep the lights on this long. Can, can I can I give you a, an idea of what it would be like without these dudes? 
Yes, you can give me an idea. <laughs> oh, see that, my friend. Smart, right there. smart. It's visual storytelling. Not super smart in an age where more people listen to this podcast than much. <laughs> but hey, you know what? I, I just switched off my lights. I just switched He's, off my lights. Yeah. You, you know where to find us. Type in Super Show on YouTube. We'll probably be the top result. If we're not, then fuck the SEO. I don't understand it. I think we are, actually, if you if you just type in Super Show. Let me double it's check. hard because whenever I type it in, oh, we are, but then I don't know if that's because I've you know, searched right, it before. Exactly. And that it, I, YouTube, I think, I think with like, YouTube, it's a numbers game, right? Like We've got 99 episodes, and a bitch ain't one of them. So uh, it's going to be there. You type in Super Show, all one word, and the channel comes up first, and a bunch of our... <laughs> okay, two episodes of our podcast, and then uh, Super Show, the last great jam of the '60s, which is uh, just the '60s. <laughs> Isn't it some wrestling stuff as well that comes up if you type in Super Show? Yeah, uh, there's, there, there oh, okay, also... this, the the Opie and Anthony Super Show. That's interesting. Uh, Do you guys remember um, when we went down the hole deep enough? Once we found out that there was an OnlyFans.com forward slash Super Show, and it was just some. Oh nerd. yeah, we did. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't I, recommend anyone look at that link. <laughs> Um, also, do you remember when we, back in ATG days, when we started the ATG Super Show podcast, and we looked up ATG Super uh, ATG podcasts, like just mm. in search, and we came across one that was relatively popular, and it was the Against the Grain podcast about like fucking oh, woodworking. Yeah. Wood. yeah. Woodworking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Against the Grain. Hell um, yeah. Do you know one person who presumably at some point in their life might have typed the word Super Show into uh, the YouTube search bar and clicked on Hit- something they found beneath? Hideo Kojima. As well as Hideo Kojima, it's our winner of this week's comment of the week. I say winner, it's not really a contest, but it is kind of a contest if you want it to be. Just imagine it in your head, and it will be. And that is just a guy who says, Ah, Jonesy, why? Let there be carnage. It's about a wedding. So terrible. What a waste of carnage. I'm just messing with you. I thought it sucked, but I love some bad movies too. I love how Jamie keeps spoiling the post credit scenes for himself. I've done that as well lately with Eternals. Jonesy. Hot takes, you're being a slagged off for enjoying Let There Be Carnage. No, like, I, I, I just, the guy I think's nailed it. Like, you, you have to like some bad films. I think bad films are, like, if, or if every film you ever watch was, like, a great, critically acclaimed film, it, it'll be boring. No, yeah, sometimes it's just good to watch, like, a film you can stuff popcorn into your face and enjoy some... Um, you, so you're saying without the idiocy. sour, you, you can't enjoy the sweet. Without the rain, you can't enjoy the rainbow. But I, th- I think I've made the point, though, in the show that the the first Venom film was like trying to take itself too seriously and it was trying to be like a, oh, isn't this a really cool like Venom film? And I didn't like that. I thought it was like doing it the wrong way and they should have gone a bit more wacky and they should have been a bit more over the top and they should have embraced like the carnage. And then in the sequel, that's what they did. I, although I do kind of get his point that they, they kind of wasted carnage. Um, Damn. I, don't know. I was going to say, now I want to ask a question that I don't mind having a, having spoiled for me, but I understand would be a spoiler for other people. Well, can I, don't, I don't agree. The question is. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. That's why I stopped when, <clears> when <throat> I did. But um, I don't agree it's about a wedding. It's like the, the setup is, the setup is like he wants to rescue his girlfriend, but the idea that it's about a wedding is like miss... Was well, like yeah. it's, it's misdirection. It's not. It's about it's about venom. It's about venom being venom and Tom Hardy and venom fighting and being like you know a grrr and having to go at each other and all that sort of shit. It's a, it's, it's oh, a so fun it's, time. Oh, so it's about marriage. Okay, I got you. It's about it's, marriage. It's about marriage. It <laughs> is a about question. marriage. Um, yeah, and this is a genuine question, Chris. I might have to rely on your kind of like your broader comic book yeah, knowledge yeah, for this yeah, one. Yeah. 
we said we said last week how, and it's not a spoiler to say so because it's been shown in the trailers. There are now legit links between the Sony movies like Venom and Morbius and the MCU films that Disney are producing. Yeah, yeah. which means that when Tom Holland, Spider Man, as we saw in the trailer, is fighting against characters like the Sandman, yeah, wasn't the Sandman in the same film? as Topher Grace's Eddie Brock, despite yes. the fact that we're now establishing that Tom Holland exists in the same universe as Tom Hardy's Eddie Brock. Yeah, is we there, haven't established that. Is there a that. clash there? No, 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 no there's, there's no establishment, I, from what I recall from the movie, and it's probably what you're going to say, Jonesy, sorry, but there's no establishment no, as to, because it's all multiverses that they're talking okay, about, right? Well, so it's yeah. no, we, we don't know which multiverse. We know, we know, we know that the, the, the vulture that we, we Tom know Holland fought, we know that no, from the trailer, we know that the vulture Tom Holland for is in the Morbius film with Jared yes. Leto. He's in the trailer. Yeah, but um, it gets, it as gets an example, though. Sorry, it gets I don't. I don't though, know, because I... in the trailer, there's also a um, a in the Mor- Morbius trailer, there's a um, uh, like graffiti on the wall of Tobey Maguire's Spider Man. Really? Wow, that's cool. Yeah. So, okay. so it's to, to be to be honest, I think it's just Sony just ha- being Sony. Yeah, and I will be, say as and well, just being like, we'll do whatever the fuck we want. We can. It's pretty safe to say at this point that the Tom Hardy Venom is not uh, the is not the Venom from yeah. um, Tom Holland's universe. Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. <clears throat> oh, yeah. It's going to be for, for reasons unknown. Yeah, you, for you reasons unknown. Uh, yeah. But uh, it's yeah, it's pretty certain that that's the case. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm just I'm kind of looking forward to when these studios start inevitably stepping on each other's toes and we just have so many overlapping <laughs> the storylines and and plot threads and universes. I think this is such a clusterfuck. I think it's a terrible terrible idea. Like it's so <laughs> I, I get it. It's fan service. It's like he's roasting his glasses. It's hindsight. It's looking back and going, "Oh, look at all the cool elements of all these films that you might have thought sucked at the time and then taking the cool elements from those films and bringing them back like, you know, Doctor o- the, what's her name Dr. Octavius and stuff and who's the dude who plays Dr. Octavius I can't remember his name Alfred um, Molina yeah that guy that like little things like that you want the fans to go amazing he's back like that was incredible when he was in Spider-Man 2 but this all the trailers and stuff just make me think they're just doing all this stuff to make everyone get excited in the trailers but yeah, when they bring yeah. it together in the film I think it's gonna be a goddamn mess yeah. I, I, for what it's worth I think it'll be fine but I think the issue that they're going to run into is like, what's what's the kind of saying? It's in a way, it's the Superman effect. It's like, or, or, or like Pandora's box, or whatever. However, you kind of want to quantify it, but you've taken it to its absolute zenith of where it could go. Yeah, and where do you go after this? Right. Yeah. 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 Like, like mean, the, yeah. there's there's fan service and then there's fucking fan service, right? You know and what that, you do, mate? You upgrade the enemies if the Matrix has taught us anything. That's so all you need is two words. Hmm. Hmm. Well, upgrades. not even a word. Hmm. Upgrades. Hmm. Upgrades. Yeah. And then you can do whatever you want. True. Hell yeah. Although can, can we can we do a, a super show outing to go see the Matrix uh Resurrections. Oh, please. that'd be wicked. I think we should actually, yeah, and then oh, we can be so quality. We can record maybe. Um, maybe I'm reaching now, but like a, a bit of Patreon content just around. Like we could just talk about the Matrix for two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's Matrix all I really spoiler want to do. cast. Yeah, Joe, I haven't seen that. I really want to see is Ghostbusters. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, the new one. Yeah, yeah, the new one. I've been what? hearing some good things. Yeah, it's the reviews were like solid, and I, I, fair play to them. I keep watching the trailers, expecting <laughs> them to do. 
to just do the thing in the trailer. And credit where it's due, they haven't done the thing in the trailer. They're saving it for the movie. So, you know, good for yeah. them. Again, I apologize. There's, spoilers <laughs> are such a gray area in 2021 where, like, so many things are public before. Like, I presume that's... Uh, no, you know what? Never mind. We'll leave it. We'll leave yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, never mind. It's fine. Carry on. Yeah, exactly. Do you know what, Chris? It's a topic that certainly amongst fans of comic books and movies and TV shows, it causes a bit of friction. Mm. But do you know what can help you ease that friction? Oh, tell <laughs> me, buddy. Uh, well, something that might help <laughs> are the sponsors of this episode of The Super Show, of course. <laughs> I'm talking about Manscaped because support for the Super Show is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, champions of the below-the-waist grooming scene, some might say. That's right, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've just launched their fourth-generation trimmer. That's right, one, two, three, fourth-generation, the Lawnmower 4.0. If we're talking about PlayStations, this would be the equivalent... Of the PlayStation 4. It's actually quite a simple uh, computer. <laughs> they both have the number four in the name. I mean, it's actually... I mean that's that's good math right there. Yeah. I mean, I would have done it for like like another console, like the Nintendo, but then it's, it's, they change the names too often. Like, keep it simple, like Manscaped does. Tough. Idiots. Tough. Idiots. It's like iPhone. Exactly. Yeah. At, at yeah, some point. Keep it straightforward. Like the, I liked how even the third iPhone was the 3G, which has the number three in it. It was genius. Actually, Ooh. that was the second iPhone. Well, whatever. In that case, <laughs> Apple, Steve Jobs, you're dumber than Manscaped because the fourth generation trimmer is called the Lawnmower 4.0 and you can join the over 4 million men worldwide who have trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer. That's right. We're giving you the chance to get 20% off your order and free worldwide shipping if you use the code SUPERSHOW at manscaped.com when you place Ooh. your order. That code, once again, is SUPERSHOW. And I can tell the good folks at home that we would never promote a product or a company, nonetheless, if we hadn't had the opportunity to test things out ourselves, to take the Lawnmower 4.0 for a test run. And that's exactly, I don't know, it's, it's almost TMI, but let's just be honest, <laughs> that's what we've been doing the last week, lads. We've been shaving our balls. So, so is this confirmed the first time that we know of where all three of us are sat here in front of our, in front of our webcams, in front of our microphones, staring at you soulfully in the eyes and saying, We've all got our balls shaved. Um, Well, I mean, the time that's been, yeah, that's been proven, I would imagine, yeah, that we've talked about. It's not a topic that we usually bring up, just chatting to each other. I think you'd be surprised if you go back in the catalogue, there might be some kind of things. But yeah, there you go. It's on, you know what? (laughs) Jamie was just looking at his balls just now. No, I was actually admiring the trimmer itself because I've got the trimmer with me. I wanted to show show how, how sleek. And well designed, the lawnmower. Oh, you see, you, mine is still in the bag. Oh, look at so, that. Do you know, I, bought, I, say, I got the whole box that they sent us. This whole little <laughs> gift box, which is I like, pretty, wait, pretty nice of them. This is the equivalent of that's not a knife. This is a knife. And yeah. actually, that one-upsmanship wasn't staged. Uh, we all, for whatever reason, have our shaving accoutrement remarkably close to our webcams. I don't know about you guys, but I presume with Jonesy's case, that's because he did his shaving whilst on chat roulette. Jonesy, confirm or deny? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I just wanted to see how long people would stick around yeah. If, yeah. Um, on chat roulette if I uh, was there like mid-trim. I did, a surprisingly long time people would stick around. <laughs> I did mine. Well, I've you, gone you blue. You've got a lot of matted hair that you need to get. Look, through, I'm going to go with this. Fair. I've gone blue. Oh, he's there got go. blue. He's got blue balls, everybody. Um, yeah, I did mine um, in the pre-show of this episode, actually. And uh, <laughs> Jamie and Jonesy, I, they helped me out. I stood up, uh, scroped to camera separated my testes left and right and Jamie on the left, Jonesy on the right. And they helped me 
through the contours of it. So up, down, left a bit, you yeah. missed a bit. It was almost like a, like a rally driver. You know how the navigator on a rally driver, they're like, caution, caution, sharp left. Yeah, like, yeah, exactly. Thanks, buddy. I got it. I got it. And you know what? No cuts, no nicks. Amazing. No cuts, because I feel like, Jonesy, again, I don't want to put you on the spot. I feel like you're becoming my uh, punching bag this episode for talking about <laughs> ball-related mishaps. But the last thing anyone wants to do while shaving their private parts is um, <laughs> cutting them up like you did yours. Do you know what? We just, I actually, I have nicked us nicked it before and nicked it was not fun. I did nick the sack one time. And do you know what? It bleeds. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> um, but um, so I, yeah, I actually, so we got these, these surprisingly like, uh, not, not small, but like a good size. Like it's not like a big chunky mother, which is quite nice. Um, I, I got a bit carried away with mine. I'm not going to lie. Because at, f- at first. You did like your gooch and your asshole as well. Is that, where are we going with oh, this? Oh, I went even further than that. Wait, did you have those moments? This is where Jonesy's wife walks in and Jonesy's got, he's hooked his uh, legs up over his head and he's like sat in front of a mirror, just like staring down the barrel of his arsehole. Well, okay, because I, I didn't know what to expect because I, I don't have, obviously, a manscaped before they sent them to us. Um, I, do, I do have like a, tr- a general trimmer, you know, I'm not an absolute heathen. Um, but, uh, so like you get, because like, you get this and then it comes with little the guards and stuff. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, okay, let me chuck on a guard and let me, let me have a little like mess around. And I did the area you're going to expect, right? The balls had to get trimmed. That was going to happen. But then what bugs me about that whole idea is then everything else is hairy, right? And then you look like almost like a weird, like you've got a weird gap in the middle, which is like trimmed more than everything else. So I just said like, let's just go for it. So I did the chest. I did the stomach. Oh, wow, I did okay, like, yeah. Wait, I did a bit of everything. Uh, I'd, yeah, no, I think I did do it after the balls. I used a different, I used a different guard. I'm not a grim, I'm not an absolute grimo. Okay. And you can also put this under the water and you can give it a wash and yeah. stuff. So that's all good. But no, so I did a bit of everything and that was, I, that was better than, um, like, because the balls, we've all done the balls before. Let's not pretend we've, we all, we've all had a the trim balls. down there. But um, yeah, I've never done the rest of it before. And it's an all over like trimmer. It's not just a do your balls <laughs> trimmer. So I just sort of uh, trimmed everything down a bit, which no, I, I'm very happy with the results. I'm not going to lie. Can, can um, I ask you guys a, a question, decent... right? Like as, as you're doing the area, but not obviously, I mean, depending on how your genetics go, let's say. Okay. And I'm not talking about sizing. I'm just talking about like uh, spread of, of, of the follicle. Okay. There's, <laughs> yeah. there, there's a part where it goes like from the area that you're dealing with to like your leg hair. Yeah. What do you do? Do you just do like, like, like shorts, like just like cut it, like <laughs> no, you straight do a up fade. or, or do you kind of like fade it in? I think you fade. I think Jamie's yeah. right. Yeah. You do the fade. Cause that's, that is a weird thing. See, I did like zigzag patterns. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, like World War Two, like um, Navy, like battleships, and when they wanted to like confuse people with the, like the <laughs> size of things, they just did that like fucking zebra zigzag shit. So I, I figured true. I figured that would be a good strategy. That's that's Chris's top tip, not Manscaped's top tip. Uh, disclaimer there, Chris's top tip. <laughs> so you can confuse people when they look; they don't know where it is. Well, so they they're just not they're just unsure of the size of it. Is it big? Is it maybe you know what am I looking at? Here? Is it girth? Like I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Or and, and, and isn't because, that also used for like camouflage? So effectively, it might disappear <laughs> altogether. <laughs> hey, listen, if you wanted a camouflage, then you're talking about like fucking Ho Chi Minh and Vietnam, and you're talking about jungle. But what we're doing here is we're getting rid of the jungle, but there's yeah, no hiding. We're getting rid of the jungle. I'm just, no, I'm just, trying, to, just trying to dazzle. And uh, I'm, 
Sorry, Jonesy. You you go on. I, I was I was trying to get this out of the little box. We're still oh, going. Okay. Yeah. Keep like, <laughs> keep it coming. Well, baby. I also. Jo- Jonesy's I'm doing terrible. the unboxing. If jo- I get jo- something, jo- Jonesy thinks we're on the shopping channel now. <laughs> if I get, oh no, I'm I'm being honest. If I get something right, I have to use everything. I have to experiment with everything. Yeah. And it also this pack that we got sent also comes with um, oh, the toner, crop reviver, refreshing ball toner, and it all comes also comes with crop preserver ball deodorant. Can I say? So I've um, I'm not joking, I, and this is not a shill. Well. This this ball deodorant smells fucking nice, and I might just start using it on my face. Okay. <laughs> there's someone who knows what that's the the ball deodorant. I mean, suddenly, like, how how fa- how close is your face? Well, it's like it's like a moisturizer, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, my uh, general it's... rule of thumb with all of these things would be use them on your balls and and where possible, like keep them to your balls. Again, like it's 2021. <laughs> no, no one. Like, the bare minimum is that no one should be using the same razor on their balls and on their face. Um, I'm yes. amazed we have to say that, but I think there are some people out there that have to hear that. And if you're one of those people that had to hear that, then I strongly suggest you check out Manscaped. Again, the new Lawnmower 4.0 it has advanced skin-safe technology. You're uh, even less likely than ever to get any nicks or cuts. It's also got a, a travel lock. If anyone's worried about their new lawnmower 4.0 starting vibrating when it's in a suitcase and you're in an airport and someone thinks you've got a vibrator that old good chestnut point, good point not gonna happen it's got an led spotlight if you ever want to shave your balls in the dark there you go it's got like Can't, i was gonna say yep great yep, rule. Yep. Uh, we all everyone's got the props out we don't oh, come on. hang on i'm wrapping this thing up that little that little light, I love that because you know I bought a Hoover that had headlights, and I was like, "Who the hell needs that?" And it actually works a treat because it lights everything up, and you can see what you've missed. And it's the same with this little guy. Helps it's not get like the a contours. spotlight; it like shows you that you've missed some shit. So it's good. Jonesy, like it. it's like architrave in your balls. It is like that. Oh, that explains also, why Jonesy enjoys it so much. Also, there's more. Great <laughs> little stand, USB charger. Yep, funnily enough, that was, that was one of the things I was just about to talk about. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Wireless charging, in fact, it uses electromagnetic induction, for anyone wondering. Oh. Um, but to get to the point you've all been waiting for, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code SUPERSHOW at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com if you use the words, if you use the code, excuse me, SUPERSHOW to unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Ooh. Manscaped. A big thank you to Manscaped for supporting the Super Show. We talk Hell about yeah. with the Patreon that that's how we keep the lights on. It's things like this that genuinely do enable us to keep making new content, keep bringing you uh, new episodes every week, and um, keep the whole thing afloat. So thank you to Manscaped, and of course a huge thank you as well to anyone that does consider going over, checking out Manscaped, everything they have to offer, and using the code SUPERSHOW at checkout to get that discount and that free shipping around the world. That's right, wherever you live, this uh, option is open to you. <laughs> Hell yeah, thank you, Manscaped. I, can I just say, what a great fucking sponsor for the Super Show. I mean, not many sponsors would probably come this way. But man, I mean, it's, they, it's, they it's know been how... two years, right? Like it's been two years. Well, they must nice have watched episodes, us, yeah. and they must have known how often you talk about balls and cock. <laughs> so they were true. like, "Perfect." They perfect. were like, "We got to get the dick man as a, as a spokesperson." Yeah. Like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what? The other nice thing about using the lawnmower 4.0 is it's it's like it's one constant advert, but this is actually a segue. I promise. Is that yes. now that Jonesy's using it to shave his balls, there is no new blood in his bathroom. That, but there might, from what I've heard, be some new blood in his television set. Oh, that is absolutely right, Jamie. Because um, this week, 
I delved. Not, oh. I, I would have done it earlier. <laughs> I just got it. Sorry. Yep. I All delved right. into the new series of Dexter, New Blood, uh, which I think has only got two episodes that have come out so far in the UK. Um, they do. They're not. They haven't released the whole series at once. They're re- releasing um, an episode a week, which is I love, but I also hate because when you want to binge something, oh, yeah. you just want another episode. But it's nice that it sort of drags it out. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know how I feel about it at this point. I loved Dexter um, in the early days. The first couple of seasons were fantastic. Yeah, it kind of went off the boil, and then it kind of found its feet again um, toward the end, and it had quite a good finale to the whole thing i think it was like eight seasons we well, had a remember. good you thought it had a good finale where it goes off into the fucking hurricane one of the most universally no, no. Hen- hated endings to a show of all time James. no no like the finale not not sorry not the final episode i mean like the finale is in the last sort of like season or two seasons i thought were, were better than like the, the where uh, really okay so the yeah so they brought it back around, the finale the that. final episode was and like the the what happened in the last few episodes are do, do yeah, they do they like the best acknowledge that at all in this in this yeah 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 yeah, yeah, for sure they do. Yeah, oh, fair they, enough. They, okay, it, fair, they fair start play, with all play. of that. They cover all of that stuff off. Um, yeah, they, in the first episode, they basically say that uh, um, Hannah, the killer that he let his baby son go off with, psycho. Well, he's a psycho, I suppose. Um, she's dead, and his son comes and finds him. Convenient, which is like okay. which is the setup for the first two episodes. But yeah, long story short, it, it quickly gets back into Dexter Fair that you'd imagine. So. He, he gets back into killing people and stuff, which he wasn't going to do and he hasn't done for like 10 years or whatever. And he's, but it's just very, <clears throat> it's very, it, it kind of takes the subtlety of the original Dexter series in the early days, does away with it immediately. And even like the title sequence and everything is really in your face and is quite a lot, quite jarring. Mm. And everything's a bit more full on, even down to, I don't know if you guys watched it, but back in the day, he used to have Harry, which was his adopted father, used to sort of be, um, occasionally would be there to like talk to him and would be like the voice of reason. In this, they've got Deb, who he killed because she was like a vegetable or whatever. Um, uh, but she is like totally full on and like swearing at him and like just being brutal. And it's all, it's like they've ramped it up to 11 even before the yeah. series has really started. And I don't know where that's going to go. Th- there's only one thing that I care about that I want to know is is Dexter's sister still in the show? That's Deb. Yeah, yeah, she is. So she's she's the new Harry. So she pops up as the ghost or like the uh, vision right. of his sister. But she's like so full on and like swearing at him and cussing him out and talk, calling him a moron. And it's just a lot. That, the whole show is ramped up. Those things must have been interesting to film because didn't they get married in real life and then they got divorced? <laughs> they did. Oh. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So imagine filming <laughs> scenes like that with your ex-wife. Hey, She's it, got some real anger coming out. Yeah, nice and easy. Not, not. But I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that it comes good. Like, uh, yeah, I'm, I think it will. It's first couple of episodes, only first two episodes have, have come out so far in the UK. I don't know if it's different in the US, but um, I'll stick with it. I, I was a fan of Dexter um, back in the day, so yeah, I would definitely stick with it. Um, but then the only other things I've been doing this week are playing some mm. sporty games because I've been binging a bit of Forza Horizon Five as well. Wow, um, which is actually very good. Like Hell surprisingly yeah. so, from what I yeah. thought it would be, and I, I have to. My opinion has definitely been changed from the early stuff I saw of the game as well. I thought it was like a bit over the top with like how much was going on in the map and how many types of things were going on, and you know it was trying to lead you down a million different paths. And as we were saying the other day, like they release loads of cars and it's kind of overwhelming. But once you kind of get a handle on that, and you can like filter the map and you can concentrate on daily tasks. Um, or weekly tasks 
different car types, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, actually, it works surprisingly well. Um, and while some of the menu things are over, a bit over the top and the story paths are a bit over the top, I've been really enjoying it. And the driving is solid, so you can't really knock that, right? Hell Which yeah. is what the game's supposed to be about. I agree. Um, I'm going to rattle through these quickly because I don't need to take a long time. And then Riders Republic, I've got back into as well. Um, which took me a while, but they had a cheeky sale on the other day that Jamie happened to point my way. <laughs> they had Riders Republic on sale for uh, Black Friday or whatever it was. So yeah, which picked up that considering it came out like two weeks ago, <laughs> three weeks ago. Not mad yeah. from a consumer perspective. Maybe yeah. No, like, like what, what does that actually mean for the health of the game? Like were they just not getting people to buy? It? I, th- like, I think they. La- I think they launched at a rough time. Like I, I don't think there yeah. were many people who were playing. Riders Republic over Forza <clears throat> when they launched at basically identical times. Yeah, even if and they are different games, the more you play them. No, but they're we- yeah, they're but they're like we've said before, they're weirdly similar in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. They're both open world games where you can jump, you can hop in and out of. I mean, vehicles in one sense and um, uh, sports in the other, but they are weirdly similar. Like even the landscapes and the way that you can just have fun, just going around those worlds and you know, finding hidden things and, and riding different paths and things. They kind of feel similar, which is which is weird. Yeah. But both very good games. But Riders Republic, I think, Jamie and I were talking about this, I think it was the end of last week, and that it had a strange thing that the beta was seemed quite big and I heard a lot of talk about it and a lot of good things about it at the time. And then the game came out and no one really mentioned it and it just kind of disappeared. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are maybe struggling a bit of sales and they're trying to... um they're trying to bump up the number of people that are playing that, the install base, because it's an absolutely solid game. It's a lot of fun. Um, I'm, I'm enjoying my time with it again, um, getting back into it. There's some notable tweaks I think they've made from the beta, which I need to play more of before I sort of... I'm, I'm sure that they've done things I think they've done, but I yeah. don't think they're bad things. Um, but there's, there's different control styles for tricks and things compared to what there was in the beta. There was one control style, now there's two. Um, some of the controls... It feels easier to control things as well. Like the way the bikes control and things like that, they feel a bit more responsive, which they didn't. Um, but like I said, it might just be me, so I'm not sure. Um, but then only one other thing to mention this week was I had my first mini viral tweet. And that, do you know why that was? It's because I had the most random thought in the world. <laughs> uh, I genuinely, this is true. I was driving to the gym and I was thinking, like, as you do, your brain wanders. And I was just thinking about Men in Black, the movie, and how good the bug was yeah, in as that you movie. Do. And, and you're, not as wrong. I, you're not wrong. I quote, I, have to, I quote the bug all the time in my life. It's really weird. <clears throat> like, I can't help it because that the performance by uh, Vincent um, Donofrio was so w- epic that I just uh, randomly quote shit from that movie that he said, like, the water thing. If someone says, like, <laughs> do you want some water like you can't help but think of it and stuff like that yeah uh so i tweeted that out i think i tweeted something like it might be nearly 25 years but it's one of the most uh like it's one of the best performances of a character that i you know for me to this day and he replied and said the mine too thanks, thanks jonesy which was which was wicked i was happy for that it's crazy so, yeah <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> so but yeah I, I'm, I'm i'm glad that it happened for you jonesy but you, what i love about this is you've stumbled onto social media (laughs) (laughs) in the way that like social media like is there for people to kind of like interact with and and engage with and basically you've done a a, a tweet's worth of a social media manager's job so no but i've been on on how long have i been on twitter i've been on twitter now for like 
Jesus Christ. It's got to be like... Just, I need to double check now, Jonesy, now that we're talking about it. You it's have, got to be seven or eight years yeah. or something like that. Wow. You, have, you have started selling lava lamps in responses to your own tweet, right? <laughs> Just, just making sure you take advantage of yeah, like butt, butt plugs. And I don't even know those. Yeah, okay. I don't even know that. that yeah. I don't even know what you're talking about. I'm but, but like, you know what, Jonesy? I'll say fair play to you because you, you often like tweet the random thoughts that jump up in your head, and it, it, if there's a reason for Twitter, why not that? Um, but I got to, I got to hand it to you. You, you always tag people like big stars. You, you do those moonshots in your tweets, and they. <laughs> You know, for the most part, they pay off. I'm, I'm. I don't even mean I, for I'm them not, to reply. Even, That's what's even, weird. No, no, I know. Because well, Rosaria even, Dawson did. She yeah. replied to something that I put, and then I think when I ta- when I tweeted something about um, uh, really enjoying Ghost of Tsushima director's cut, I think the direct the game director yeah, like yeah. liked the tweet, yeah. and then Jamie even remember checked at the time and was like, he wasn't just liking every tweet people put that he hadn't liked something in like 24 hours. Yeah. So it's like it's pretty random. Yeah, but, no, um, like fair play to you. Like you, do you know, I, I like it. putting positivity out there into the world on social media because mm. it is often full of negativity so if uh, yeah. if you know if some people can do a little smile then that's wow. all good Although, I, I feel i've got i feel i've got to be the foil now jamie i've got to like uh, tweet vincent and say hey vincent go fuck yourself just, just for just <laughs> well, for, could, could, I, it, it, it's it's almost like that that joker dark knight mentality where there always needs to be a foil to everything you know you're the man who wants to watch the world man Maybe. To be fair, I think I, I think we might have already done enough damage to Vincent D'Onofrio specifically because uh, when he replied to Jonesy's tweet saying that it was also one of his favourite and most memorable performances, um, <laughs> ASB64, um, a long-time fan of the Super Show and ate Autumn Game before it, replied to Vincent saying, like Jonesy with a social media clout, turns out that ASB's uh, profile picture on Twitter is still me on the toilet. <laughs> So I like to think that there is some kind of strange, like, series of events wherein Vincent D'Onofrio has seen me sat on a toilet. I'd love it if, like, we find out in his next role, he like uses that imagery because it got burnt into his head. Just a fat guy in a Metallica t-shirt sat on a toilet with his trousers down, with a mosaic around his balls. I like it. It's nice. <laughs> nice one, Jonesy. Well, thank you. That's um, it for me. That's it for my week. Chris, um, Solid. how about you then? I, I, I feel like, yeah. I don't know, I've got a feeling in my bones that something monumentous might have happened. Yeah, you're not wrong. I liked a very famous tweet by <laughs> none other than the famous Alex Jones. Um, no, well, it, yeah. So I, I've been streaming, uh, fellas, as you know, multiple uh, months now on, on the trot as they say, um, and I've been streaming Dark Souls. And uh, this past week, I have finished Dark Souls in Whoa. a fucking monumental turn of events. Yeah. Hell yeah. They said it couldn't be done because they I, said I'm I surprised, games. man. I said it. I, I was very, I'm very surprised because I think I said that, that you won't be able to finish Dark Souls and Sekiro by the time Elden Ring comes out. And you are definitely on track to be able to perform that. Well, so hold, hold your horses because I think Sekiro is a whole different fucking baggage. I think I'm still backing you. Thank you. But uh, yeah, it, it was, it was pretty cool. So a, a bit of a strange story. So I, I, Wanted to stream last week. It didn't happen. And I managed to stream on Sunday night. So I started streaming. And midstream, my son wakes up and just fucking wouldn't go back to sleep. And he didn't, because he came and saw my streaming setup. And obviously that got his cogs turning. He's like, no, I need I need my daddy with me the whole time. Um, so I had to kind of like, <laughs> you know, abort the uh, the stream, which is a bit unfortunate. But I didn't manage to pick up the very next day. 
And yeah, like, I don't know, Gwyn, it, it, it took me a fair fair few tries, but at no time did I ever think, so Gwyn is the, the final boss of Dark Souls. At, at no time did I feel that like he was a hard or difficult boss. Like, Would, would yeah. you say that he was a hollowback girl? Yeah, he was a hollowback girl. Oh, okay, yeah, he was Just a hollowback girl. And I met him behind the bleachers, you know. Uh, nice. <laughs> no, like I, I like you go up against someone someone like Ornstein and Smo or uh God, who else? Anyway, so, some of those and, and it's like there's a real sense of like I'm getting properly fucked up here. And like and I don't I don't know how to kind of proceed and I just gotta really, really kind of persevere with this. But then with with um with Gwyn, it was just like every time he killed me it was not because I didn't necessarily know what was happening. It was just like, I was just a bit slow in the input or I don't know, maybe it's just like fucked up somehow, whatever it was. But like, it wasn't, didn't ever feel that like it was an insurmountable task. It was like getting into that boss fight. It was very much like, it's just a matter of time, fellas. I'm going to, I'm going to fucking nail this. And actually, I don't know if any of you what, like, I know you guys I've jumped seen the in and out. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. You, you, even during the live stream, both of you, I think, jumped in and out at certain points. Uh, but that point where I beat him, it was so fucking chill. Like, you, yeah. you wouldn't... Like, a, a, oh. a part of me, like, regrets not being able to stream during the day anymore because I, I would have been jumping up and down and screaming, but I didn't want to wake up my son. Mm. But but also the way it happened, it was like, I was like, leant back. I was like, you know, taking it easy. I was feeling very but, zen about things. But if I could Did also- that take away from it? Um not really. Like I was, I think you could still tell from the VOD like how fucking hyped I was about I- achieving that goal. Yeah. Um, and and obviously the viewership was kind of like hyped for me as well. So thank you for everyone that joined in a uh, hot panic, uh, twitch.tv forward slash hot panic if you want to check out the VOD. Uh, I'm actually going to try and download it and uh, put it up on my YouTube as well. Nice. I think the cool. thing for me was that it wasn't just like like your mannerisms or your body language that would chill. It was also just the fact that I think the strat that you chose to approach Gwyn with was so dependent on these sort of like very specific high sensitivity, like time pressure moments within the fight, rather than just you wailing away for a certain amount of time. It was almost like, look, I only need to, I'm not going to use, I don't know if you want to talk about more about your strats, I'm not going to say it for you, but like you only needed to do a certain thing a certain number of times and you knew you had him. It wasn't like yeah. you were, you know, constantly like circling and getting smashed up. Like you knew what your strat was. Yeah, yeah. I I figured out the strat relatively early. And and I think like So the strat that I went for was kind of a hybrid strat because there's Don't spoil it, I haven't seen it. No, I'm joking. Oh. Well, there's the, the rolling rolling strategy where you just kinda of like roll out and you use your iframes during the roll to kind of save yourself from the damage. Is that which I sorry, did. is that the one where Venom is in the post credit <laughs> sequence or Yes. Okay, no. good. Um and then the the other one is the the parry maneuver because Gwyn as a boss which is not always the case but he is parryable. But now the thing is that I I'm terrible at parrying. Absolutely fucking right. dog shit awful. Um my timing just I never get it and I don't get it in Sekiro either. Um but yeah, I just kind of like I entered into a little a little state of flow, fellas. Nice. And, and I was fucking going with it and I was getting like so because I wasn't so confident in my parrying, I kind of went for a little bit of a hybrid strategy of kind of like rolling, chipping off with a bit of his health and then parrying where I could. And it just kind of like uh, in one particular one, I mean, I, I saved like like I was fucking the best player ever. <laughs> it took like a good, like, I don't know, 20, 25 kind of attempts during that uh, stream. But when it happened, it was it was kind of seamless, like in a kind of 
in in a way that kind of surprised me even. Usually yeah. with, with Dark Souls boss, it's like a fucking I'm on the last health. I don't have any uh, Estus Flask charges left to recover, and I just whittle away their health. That's kind of like usually how it went. But with this, it was just like, no, I got this. Mm. Boom, boom, boom. Confidence. It was cool. It was cool. And and I'm I'm so hyped about it. And like, I I, I don't know. Like, a, a big part of my life is gone now. It's because it sounds stupid. <laughs> like, but a big part of my year this year was taking my time playing Dark Souls. Like I said before, I only ever played it when I streamed. So it did take a long time. I think my full runtime to beat the game was like 42 hours, something like that, which from what I hear is about on par, maybe a little bit longer than expected. Um, but yeah, like I did it. And, you know, ne- next on the horizon is Sekiro. I'm looking forward to that. But I'd like a palate cleanser before I get into that. So maybe, fellas, we can jump in on some Forza Horizon 5 kind of plays or jump back into Back for Blood. Uh, you know? Yeah, for sure. Be a, yeah, be definitely. A, be a fun time. But yeah, Jamie, like, I'm, I'm interested, if, if you said you, you watched it, like, I'm interested to kind of get your take on it all. Well, not all, all I mean, fucking hell. Well, it, it was interesting because, like, the, the vibe I got, and again, having not, I've seen a lot of most of your playthrough, you know, either live or through VODs. But it was yeah. this kind of interesting point where you got it down to this just this one boss, this one event. You knew that you were going to have a stream framed around it. And so you knew that there was no sense in rushing in willy-nilly or doing anything yeah. uh, half-assed. So there were a lot of, re- like you say, 20 to 25 attempts. There were a lot of recon attempts. There were a lot of times where it felt like you were going in there just to say, like, let's see what this guy does. Let's see what he's got. Let's see you know, yeah. what I can avoid. Let's see, you know. Oh, what that's interesting. Time. Um, which was an interesting approach. It did, however, leave a sour taste in my m- mouth, not necessarily on your behalf, but on the game's behalf, because having to run any ma- amount of distance back to a boss like that when you do it that oh, many right, times, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I get it. It's Dark Souls. They, they from software do stuff like that. It's the way things work. Yeah. But I was just isn't like, that kind of a necessity though? Like in some, because what you don't want to do is, like you said, if Chris did it like 20, 25 times, and some of those were like recon, like just seeing how it felt. What they don't want to do is have a place you can sort of start the game again from right outside the boss, and you can just ha- like that's spam a, that's, it again that's and again what and check, again. That's what checkpoints are. Like you can have a boss that's very hard to defeat. You don't need like five minutes of walking that isn't hard to do before it. What's the value in that? Yeah, I almost feel like it gives it makes the it makes trying to win on every attempt more important because you don't want to do the five minutes of walking. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of with Jonesy, but also there's a, there's another reason for it, and it's something that I picked up uh, when I was playing Sekiro. As like why they why is there like so it's it's a lot a lot less of a problem in Sekiro where you'd have your respawn point and then you'd go to the the boss. And there'd be like one or two enemies for you to kill. And it's not a long distance. And I was like, why, why the fuck have they done this? Like, Madam, Madam Butterfly kind of comes to, to mind in terms of this. There's like one dude for you to kill before you go down some stairs into a burning temple and then you fight her. Mm. And I was just kind of like thinking to myself, why? Why have they done this? But the reason that they do it for you is because killing that person gives you some form of resource which you could potentially use right. for something. Yeah, so, but like the bonfire could have been right outside the the warp door, or whatever it's called, the fog door. And you, if you needed a resource, you could just turn around and walk the other way. Yeah, and I, 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 look, I, I don't, dis- look, I, I don't yeah, disagree. I, I didn't I didn't mean to start a conversation harping on the lack of checkpointing <laughs> in a decade-plus-old game. Um, the, the, the stream itself was highly enjoyable. Again, seeing you kind of learn Gwyn um, was a lot of fun. And again, like the commitment to the um, the the parry uh yeah. strat which always struck me as sort of high risk high reward um 
was entertaining because, it, again, it just meant that the way that you finally did it, I don't want to spoil it for anyone that wants to go and watch it, but, like, everything just kind of, like, you know, you know when you make something look easy by, like, you br- by breaking <laughs> it down in a way that it's yeah, not actually yeah. meant to be broken down? Like, you say, oh, you can win the lottery. Just get seven right numbers, bro. It's fucking, like, it's just seven <laughs> numbers. Like, just get them, you know? Um, it's kind of like that. So, bro, bro, it's just seven parries. Just like, yeah, just, yeah. just, just time it right and parry him. Like, just don't die. Just, just yeah, don't just, die. Just, just get, just get good. Which is the yeah. fucking the Dark Souls maxim, right? But there was a bit yeah, of that. I, and and I think that's that's why that I enjoyed was, it so much, yeah. though, right? Because, like I said, it wasn't one of these like. Maybe I would have enjoyed it if it was a fight to the death and it was like we were both one of the last slivers. But there was something that was like supremely badass about feeling like I just fucking rolled in there, I did everything I need to do, and I fucking destroyed him, like. That was nice. Yes, after two and a half hours of streaming. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On the 25th attempt. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was, it was cool. And and again, like shout out to uh, the community that were there with me. Like I, I really fucking appreciate it. And it was it was nice to celebrate with you. And I'm looking forward to uh, tackling Sekiro and uh, Ishin the Sword Saint and the Demon of Hatred. So if you're interested in those things, then maybe you want to check out twitch.tv forward slash hot panic. Very nice. Yes, but yeah, I recommend. basically I did that and I got so hyped and then I've just kind of been, and then I got, and I jumped into work and then I got sick. So I haven't played any other games. Oh, right. Yes. You have just recovered in time for recording for anyone that, uh, just about. Yeah. Yeah. We're well, I'm glad to have you, Chris. And you know what? Oh. I wish you many happy returns and many happy gaming moments in the weeks to come. Now that you've Jamie, got this does it, does it give you back. Seeing me take on Gwyn, does it give you the confidence to jump into Elden Ring with me? Confidence isn't the right word, but it, it does. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do get that thing where I'm like, I could probably do it. I just don't know if I want to. Like, I think the word we often come back around to, and it's a word that Josie uses a lot as well to describe his own gaming experiences, patience or lack thereof. And like, <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think it's a question of can, can I, or like in Josie's case, can, like, can we? It's a question yeah. of like, will we? And will we? Yeah. I, I don't know what the answer to that is yet. Ask me yeah. again in February. Or, yeah, February. <laughs> Um, but in the meantime, before we get to February, yeah, well, yeah, what about out, you, big man? I have played some other things, um, and in the little uh, the document um, that we all share, where we can write what we've been up to, I wrote that I've been playing some uh, Forza Horizon Five, like Jonesy, and um, I have been playing some Call of Duty Vanguard, which is also true. But um, I've got to be honest that that, that writing that was a bit of a white lie. Um, because I told you guys uh, before we started recording that I, I did have a little mm. secret to unveil. And whilst you Ooh. guessed uh, incorrectly that I might have shaved my head or got a tattoo, um, the secret is actually that uh, alongside games like Forza and Vanguard, um, and I was going to do this for episode 100, but we've got some other very exciting plans uh, for that episode that everyone should look forward Hopefully. to. Um, Hopefully. <laughs> I've played about 30 hours of Cyberpunk 2077. Oh! Um, Thirty hours. Yeah, nice. Um, Thirty hours. Yes, I just, bro. Like there was a little sort of like gap in my market, and I was like, Do you know what? Fine. Let let's. Oh my let's god! Bust I can't wait out. for this. This is so good. Yes. I, yes. Yeah. I wasn't. So that's the thing. I wasn't sure what to bust out for. Like, is it like a episode one hundred thing? Is it an end of the year thing? And the more we had a little meeting, a little brainstorm session earlier this week, the three of us offline, um, to kind of discuss all the content and exciting things we want to make for people, both um, on the YouTube channel and on the Patreon. Uh, between yeah. now and the end of the year, I just kind of thought, you know what, this isn't this isn't premium. This is something ju- we can just have a chat about now. So yeah, yeah. So, so can I can I just jump in here before you talk about Cyberpunk and just mention that for the 100th episode, if you guys could leave comments down below about what your favorite 
super show moment was. Not not ATG moment or ATG super show, just like super show, super show podcast. Let us know what your favorite moment was. Uh, if you can give us an episode reference, that would be good, but not not, not required. It does make our yeah. lives easier. But yeah, it's it's going to feed into what we're hoping to kind of do with the 100th episode. But yeah, go ahead. Cyberpunk, I want to fucking hear it. Oh man, um, it's an interesting. There's a lot one. to unpack, isn't it? Yeah, there, it is, there is a lot to unpack. And look, look, I'll be real with you: we can't do a full unpacking because the game's That's old. That's what Patreon's for, baby. I mean, yeah, but also like, you guys haven't played it in a little while now, and you know, yeah. What I'll what I'll say is that like I I am uniquely um, lucky in that I kind of have been able to play this game in something of a vacuum. Not only because I didn't tell anyone that I was playing it and haven't any, hadn't had any conversations about it yet, but also because people have kind of. They've stopped talking about cyberpunk one way or another, yeah. one way or another. Right, yeah. So I didn't have that thing of like, I wasn't pre-ordered and I didn't start playing at midnight and I'm not still sat in a cyberpunk 2077 chair. So I got just to, <laughs> I got to just see the game for what it is, plus not to mention like fucking almost a year of patches and hotfixes, right? Um, yeah. And the net results that I really like it. Um, yeah, You're I right? Think it, I, think it, I think it's a, I think it's a, a very good game, and that might be controversial to say. I know we had a little chat last week. It's true. It's a damn good game. No, but I remember the thing last is that, week. Jo- jo- yeah, but Jonesy and I have always said that, that there's a good game there. It's just... it's. I agree. It, it's not the game that people think it is. It's just... I remember last week when uh, the Game Awards nominated it for Best RPG, yeah. and like some people were like, it shouldn't be nominated. And, and I guess I don't have a hot take on that. All I can say is that I think it is... I think it is good. Um um, I, think, I think the point was that it shouldn't be like there's, it would be weird for it to win. We said it should definitely be nominated, we, but it would be said, weird yeah. to win. Yeah, that was yeah. that was our take. But I know some people's take were saying like, as an RPG, actually, That's if you get thing. down to it, it's not very good. Like a lot of the RPG systems, I'm yeah. actually not engaging with that much. And yeah, crafting. Have you crafted anything yet? Do you know what? No. One of the one of the things I I will say about the crafting was I, I don't think there's any benefits to the crafting in terms of like consumable items or base weapons. There is a system in the game where there is a type of weapon that is considered iconic. It's not a denotion of rarity. It's a separate denotion, and those weapons can be upgraded yeah. to the next uh, tier of rarity to kind of keep them relevant to youth and your character throughout your playthrough. That's one use to crafting, um, but I'm at the point now where to I'd need to invest perk points into that uh, skill tree yeah, to yeah. continue to do that. And I'm not, But, like, yeah, like the, the skill tree itself and the way I'm engaging with some of those systems, that's not really what I'm enjoying about it. I think I'm just enjoying... I'm enjoying the, the writing and the characters, and I'm enjoying yeah, going yeah. around and doing things and talking to people and crazy God, shenanigans hours. happen. <laughs> yeah, um, and I've been doing all the side stuff, yeah. so I haven't seen all the main story yet. So um, have you done like the uh, the Panem stuff and the um, so uh, yeah, yeah, like I don't know. Again, uh, the way it felt like for me, where, was yeah, that, whereabouts are you in the story? So w- when you complete Act One and yeah. V is kind of like let loose in the city again with a greater understanding of his current predicament, it felt like there were three prongs of story that opened up. One involved uh, looking for Evelyn Parker, the uh, yes, doll yeah. who had helped uh, assemble the brain dance of Kumbeki Plaza. So many weird words that are like ingrained <laughs> in my head now that other people probably forgot about six months ago. Um, yeah. yeah, then there's um there's uh you're, you're like you're and, like you're like Jonesy kind of coming to a meme about a, a year and a half later. Literally, yeah. Um <laughs> the Pan Am and Rogue stuff. And in the last one so I've done those two essentially. Um yeah. and the thing I haven't really acted on in terms of main quest stuff is that um uh Takamura 
who's the bodyguard. Takamura's stuff is cool, man. I, yeah, Takamura yeah. is such a such a baller character. He, he gave he he started texting me haikus, so I'm like, I'm gonna fucking ignore you for a little while. You just gonna stand in that alleyway for forty hours. Sorry, buddy, I've got some bone bitch to fuck out in the Badlands. Does um, it? And fucker, I did. Wow. Does it go. make you like looking back on conversations we had about cyberpunk like earlier in the year? Does it make you? have a different opinion for, or from what you were saying at, though, at that time? Because I know there was a lot, because I think you'd read a lot of stuff and you'd seen a lot of stuff yeah. where you were very critical about it yeah. and you were sort of saying about how bad it was. And, or not not the game, obviously, but you were saying about how bad it was that a game um, oh my God, could the, be released pen, in that state. The penny's just dropped, Jonesy. What? Jamie's got a job at uh, CD Projekt Red, and he's got new, they're paying him to. <laughs> so the first thing he had to do was finish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Step aside, Manscaped. Because <laughs> I think one of the things that a lot of people who didn't play the game at the time, but who saw a lot of the memes and followed a lot of the Reddit threads and things, what there seemed to be a weird disconnect where people were like reading about how bad a lot of the stuff was in the game, and then were saying, "Wow, I can't believe they did this. This is like a, this is." terrible but then if you actually play it i think there's a weird dis- disconnection where like chris and i were saying at the time it's weird because it's a damn good game but yeah. there's so much bad like stuff in it mm. as well but it can, it can put you in a weird position do you feel like your position on that has changed somewhat like it's nowhere near as bad as you thought or it's like yeah. well it's hard right it's patched now like it's, yeah, it's, 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 great, it's, but... a, it's the same thing where like i was on, i was in uh, the chat in one of chris's live streams uh, as he was uh, yeah. fighting Gwyn and um Someone made the comment like, "Oh, Jamie, I wish you'd been more hard on uh, the oh, GTA, GTA trilogy," and that's kind of the same thing, right? Which like there are a lot of people who shared those memes and shared those pictures and are shitting on Rockstar, um, and there are a significantly smaller number of people who have been playing those games, um, and that's why right. like I, I, I'm in the latter camp and was maybe less harsh on them because I thought that, as I've said from the beginning, I thought fundamentally they were still the same experiences and that I liked that element of it. I think there's a bit of right. that with cyberpunk. The element, I think the thing was, when I spoke to guys like you, and we sat around the podcast, and you guys told me, I remember you talked about that core narrative a lot at the time, yeah. and how that, that was engaging, and you wanted to see it through. Um, and I, I always bought into that idea, and uh, took that at face value. The thing that I remember being a little bit cynical about back at the time was I remember that reviews came out, all these journalists reviewed it in admittedly very specific, um, under very specific circumstances yeah. on high-end PCs, and they weren't allowed to use their own footage in their reviews and so on and so forth. Right, but there yeah. were a lot of people that came out the gates giving it nines and then and tens, and they were waxing lyrical. Then it felt, as we, the general public, slowly realized what kind of a product it was, they all kind of like went, ah, oh, yeah, that, that <laughs> review, never heard of it. And I, I I thought one of the strangest things was that, like, one of the most critically acclaimed games of the year was released in December, and, like, two weeks later, when game award shows started happening, no one was talking about Cyberpunk for game of the year. Despite right. if you looked at what those journalists were saying compa- to about it yeah. compared to other games, it could have been. And I thought that they were kind yeah. of, like, hiding behind the public response. And one thing I'll say now is that, like, I'm a little bit more like appreciative that someone could have played this and be like damn this is a 9 out of 10 it's flawed but I really like it because I like it, it that, that's what I think it's flawed but I really like it is it a 9 out of 10 yeah. for me not necessarily um, and when when there, when there have been flaws especially now that it's a relatively bug free experience not totally bug free absolutely not totally bug free but like <laughs> less buggy experience the f- problems that I've got with it seem louder 
Um, and I think it, they took step backs from The Witcher 3 in some respects. I think in terms of right. pacing and structure and the way some mechanics, both in terms of gameplay mechanics and also um, narrative elements are introduced, some of that stuff is really sketchy. Like, like one of the first things that, like, pissed me off, and I know it's, like, a side effect of, like, non-linear game design, but it is totally avoidable. Cutscene in V's apartment, first interaction with Johnny Silverhand when he's in your head. Uh, Johnny Silverhand essentially tries to kill you. You're slamming your head against the window. You're crawling. You're putting pills in your mouth. You wake up in the shower, all washed up. Johnny Silverhand's gone. Go down to the basement. Get in my car. Dead main car smashes into me. And V goes, whoa, <laughs> yeah. Johnny, did you see yeah. that? So like, hang on a second. The only interaction I've oh. had with you was a ten set, the, like yeah. a five minute sequence of you trying to kill me. Like how we jump in, like stuff, to, stuff like that still like bothers me because that's structural things that can be avoided. Right? Like, how great was that domain mission? I mean, again, like it, it, it's great, but then like you, you get a quest to go to the Delamain offices. You get a little bit more insight into like the, the, the that company and how Delamain as an AI construct works, and then you get given a glorified collectible side quest. Like ten of yeah. them at once, and yes, like all of those cars had their own personality, but it's still just like still a collectible side quest. And like, I thought it was like, fun. and like, and it's the same. Like, whether there's a, there's an assault over there, and there's a crime being reported over there, and there's a most wanted person over there, and there's a gig over there, and a lot of them are just like, go here and shoot everyone. Yeah, you know, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's those are the things that I think are like. Do you remember when the dust had settled on Cyberpunk a little bit and people started to explore that open world was like, the reality is it's not a game-changing open world game. It's just an open world game. That's still yeah. where Cyberpunk yes. falls down a little bit. It's that like, a lot of that side content is really hashed out. And even, I'll say, this might be controversial, some of the side jobs got a lot of praise early on, like talking about like, the guy whose uh, crotch is on fire, and you have to take to a ripper, take to a ripper dock and stuff. Like that. <laughs> I think a lot of that stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. was was also um, has not been as engaging as people made out to be at the time. I, th- I, I think, think some of those get get quite hit and miss. To be fair, yeah, I uh, that's that's fair way of putting it. Hit and miss, but it, they de- you know, definitely, I'd say they're definitely hit and miss because some of those felt absolutely wicked for me. Like I didn't, they felt like truly emergent parts of like open world gameplay that I was. So what, like my favorite to this day is still the um, your neighbor. Yeah. Who, yeah. Um, even if you didn't engage with that whole bit where like the police are knocking on his door and you didn't, like you wouldn't even have anything to do with it. And if you go through it and you follow the threads, like it sort of becomes like a whole side thing. But that they're few, too few and far between, oh, and the yeah. ones that um, are more. I think are more apparent are the ones that are like, you know, here's a here's a side quest, and you literally go and talk to person to start a quest and do all that. So yeah, I don't, I don't think you're wrong. Mm. Um, I do think there was some of those elements as well, but yeah, I guess to to, to to I think to wrap up like the reason why I think I'm enjoying it is that I remember when The Witcher Three came out, very long game, lots going on, lots of quests, lots of characters, and the thing that people still talk about to this day sometimes and refer back to as like a great chunk of the witcher 3 is the bloody baron quest arc which is one of the points in the witcher 3 where the the main narrative thread as you're searching for siri kind of splits you have like a few different places you can go and going to a certain place will start a chain of events and quests that all like linger around a certain area and involve a certain number of people um cyberpunk does that as well where it kind of like cobbles together a first act and a prologue, admittedly with some very cool sequences, then kind of lets you uses every excuse in the book to let you loose as quickly as possible and gives you different arcs to follow. 
And the first arc I followed, as I said earlier, was the one involving Evelyn Parker, who is a essentially a, a prostitute who was kind of like your connection to the thing that you're stealing in the heist that people might have heard referred yeah. to at the beginning of the game. Um, yeah. That whole sequence of quests, one sort of like directly leading to a, into another, to linking up with Judy to find out where Evelyn is, then getting like your first lead. I don't know if you guys remember going to um, like that dollhouse um, where yeah. they you know they tap into your subconscious and kind of like yeah. there are dolls that can create an experience that's like tailored to your desires and like meeting a significant person there and then them leading you to a ripper doc who's another significant character then it's another like everything in a very bloody baron-esque fashion when they start daisy chaining those main narrative quests together and you get those unique characters and those unique moments that's when it's at its strongest and that's when i was most engaged um yeah and yeah it seems weird to praise a game where I think so much of the stuff around it is either bad or superfluous. Not bad, but <laughs> underwhelming or superfluous. But I think there's a lot to lot to like at the core or at the yeah. heart of Cyberpunk. So do, do you get the, the one comment that I remember I said, and I think I got some flack for it at the time, was this game would be much better as a linear or at least a hub world do you know game. What? Like, kinda. I don't have a... I don't have a pretty solution as to how you change that world from what it is to like what you're pitching but i i can i can see what you mean and that like yeah i Good, because I, the, the, like you said the best part of it is that main narrative thread yeah like right in the, when when i took the, to myself cuts put aside two hours between the evelyn arc and the pan am um, and rogue arc to you know drive a guy with a burning dick to a ripper dock and help him <laughs> help a monk who had been kidnapped by maelstrom and they were and and uh, you know find a cyber psycho that had had got a ritual that had gone wrong and and all these kind of things. They were they were engaging enough to like warrant their existence and warrant the fact that I found them and completed them. But like, I I could have just gone from A to B if I'm being yeah. honest with myself. Like I didn't need that stuff necessarily. There's nothing about like traversing Night City that like is immediately engaging or eye-catching in the way that other better open world games have created. And you know, I think the overall progression is fine, but again, like I'm not gagging for like the next weapon. I, you know, walk over 95% of the weapons that drop now because like, oh, it's a, that same copperhead assault rifle that I've seen 3000 of <laughs> yeah. and this one is also worse than the one I'm holding. Um, go figure <laughs> and like leveling up it's like oh i've got 50 perk points do i want three percent more headshot damage with a silenced pistol when i'm crouching or <laughs> would i like my breaching on the, when i hack a when I, do i want to be able to hack a bunch of security cameras that are all connected to one another and turn them all off for three minutes when it's like hang on a second i don't even feel like i know that much about quick hacking because the game in the tutorialized section spent more time explaining the fundamentals of stealth gameplay to me than it did explain the fundamentals of hacking when yeah. i know far more about one than the other going into this game i don't need to know how to crouch and walk up behind someone and strangle them and put them in the box i might like a little bit more time to understand why i should be holding lb why i should be scanning people why i should be doing a breach to take one ram slot off the quick hacks and then pinging to find where people are and it's like tell me more about that i don't understand how that is <laughs> what do you mean i can go to a ripper dock and like buy different kinds of cyber wet like explain yourself <laughs> i know i know what, i know i know what guns are i know what dps is tell me like uh, tell me what makes ram come back faster 
you know. Yeah. There is a weird thing in that. that it, you can almost see uh, the different ingredients that weren't quite ready to go in the mix because they got, they sort of like, <laughs> they're still in the game, but they don't really fit. And you're like, oh, this isn't quite done to completion. <laughs> yeah, uh, they, they just kind of gloss over it. Like Jamie says, like, mm, it's there. But you know, don't worry about it. You don't, yeah. And if you, and if you kind of uh, want, if you're someone, if you go, oh, okay, I'm not really going to use that. You just don't use it for the whole game, <laughs> which is why it almost goes back to that hilarious sort of review that um, I can't remember what publication it was, but um, everyone ripped the review. It was GameSpot. They said she was. Was it GameSpot? They yeah, said she, um, does she even know what she's talking about? Like she didn't even engage with a whole system of an RPG, and she's a reviewer, and da 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 da. And then the game came out, and everyone went. Oh yeah, she was totally right. Yeah. <laughs> there are whole systems in this game that you can just completely ignore yeah. and you can just crack on in any like, you know, a completely different way and it doesn't I matter. Could, it doesn't I could go to a Ripper dock and spend $45,000 on a new quick hack that does 157 physical damage to someone after 3 seconds and then it goes on a 30 second cooldown. But I've also got a sniper rifle that does 10,000 <laughs> DPS. <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Can I say one cool thing about playing Cyberpunk now, though, uh, for anyone that's mm, yeah. either held off or wants to come back to it at some point and stuff like that? It is fascinating. I don't know if I'm right here. I'm just going to guess. <laughs> playing a game where you can almost see the points where it used to break and now it doesn't. <laughs> um, like I had a point where oh. um, I had to get into an elevator and wait for another character to join me in said elevator. And I got to the elevator and turned around and realized that they were nowhere to be seen. And I was like, oh, great, it's broken. Like, the quest is broken. I'm going to restart from checkpoint. And I was like, I start, got my phone out, started Googling as to whether or not it was a bug and like looking at bugs and knowing about that mission. And then, like, a minute later, round the corner they come, they catch up, they get in the elevator and the lift shuts. <laughs> and there was also one where I had defeated a certain enemy with a non-lethal weapon, and I got a text from a fixer uh, saying that they had brought a vehicle and I was presumably meant to put the uh, body of the person um, <laughs> in the back of the vehicle. And I started doing some looting and like put the body down and picked it up and stuff like that. And basically the, the quest got bugged and it like, it thought the person was inside the building when I was already holding them. So I was like, Oh no. So I put them on the floor and just hit them in the head with a samurai sword. And then it changed to, Oh, you've just completed the gig. Like it, it feels like <laughs> in true, like when Joji was talking about the, um, clipping in Guardians of the Galaxy. It does feel like they've brute forced some fixes there and you can almost still yeah. sense the quests that used to be buggy and how they've made sure they're not. That's what I was going to say. Well, the, the Witcher 3 was terrible. Well, like, okay, I get that some people will go like, oh, what, they fixed it. I don't know what you complain about. But the, they brute, f and it, you know, obviously from CD Projekt Red as well, the number of bugs, like game-ending bugs that they brute forced in The Witcher 3, and it's exactly like you described. Like, you'd get to a point where a guy's supposed to let you through a part, a passageway that he's just opened, a secret passageway, and then he just stands out like this. And in The Witcher, <laughs> you can't walk past him, and you're like, dude, get out of my way. And then you, like, reload the game, and he's still there, and you can't get past him. And like, so I had about three these in the witcher 3 where the game just stopped i had to stop playing the game for months on end until they finished they fixed that bug and then the next time you play that bit rather than the guy doing what he's supposed to do opening the passage moving out of the way and like walking with you he'd just kind of go and then like flip out and then just disappear and yeah. you'd go i guess the passageway's clear now and then you, you know walk what? through the passageway get to the other end and the guy walks around the corner just like you've said with the, like the lift <laughs> thing and it's like oh they've just put some code in here that says let the person through no matter what the fuck what like it doesn't matter if it looks yeah. awful just just 
do it. <laughs> so you just reminded me again of another bit where an, an NPC that I had just saved in a side mission was following me to a car that I was going to get him into and he was going to drive off. And he was walking really slowly. So I was like, oh, I'm going to have to like walk and he'll follow me really slowly. And at one point I was like, what will happen if I sprint? And I started sprinting away from him and looked at the mini map and I could see the dot that represented him like skipping as it was like re-teleporting <laughs> him like three feet behind me every time to make sure that I guess he didn't lose track of me or didn't get caught in an environment. And like, right. I know brute forcing sounds like a like a bad word in that sense, but fuck me, I'm I'm much rather be playing what I'm playing than what you guys played. I'll put it that way. I've seen one T pose in thirty hours. One. Yeah, no, that's good, man. Hey, I that's haven't good. seen any T poses in in my multiple. True, hours actually, you had, you had a very clean playthrough. But, but uh, then again, yeah. that also like blows my mind. Like, how is it so different? It's all the same build, I right? Like. But I guess what we need to do now, uh, probably for an audience of no one, is that uh, all three of us need to finish Cyberpunk 2077, and then oh. maybe uh, maybe we get a bit of a, a spoiler yeah. cast going. Because well, there's some interesting you, it narrative took you almost, It took you almost a year to play it. Maybe it'll take us almost a year to finish it. So, <laughs> Yes. So I'm not... I will, I will be honest. So I, th- I think I've played about 15 hours of it to this point. I think. I said maybe it. a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, no. I, well, I how far did you get in hours. the main quest in, non, in like generic terms. uh so i did all the stuff with the drone going into the hotel vent stuff i did all the stuff where you f- go and do the ai limos i did all the i did some of the takamura quest line um how far i completed the whole in the takamura because I, I feel like the takamura quest line uh, is like the main thread, um, right? i can't think how far i went with that did you do any of the pan am stuff in the band oh, I, I did all the Evelyn Parker stuff. I found Je- um, the girl and we we pallied up and then she came back to my place and we were, yeah, I did all of that. So maybe I'm further along than I think. Maybe I'm like 20 hours or something. Oh, yeah. But I, I don't know if you guys remember, but I stopped playing on PlayStation because it was like, I was hitting some major bugs and it was yeah. like, this is yeah. bad and I can't carry on like this. So I stopped playing and then because they announced the fact that the PlayStation 5 update, like oh, next yeah, gen version was delayed, wait. I bought it on PC. Um, and so I have to oh, yeah. start everything all over again. So I did start again and I've now, I've replayed the first bit and I'm up to the point where um, Jackie's dead again. And no, no, he's not. Is he dead? That's like what, an indie anyone, band. That's oh, like an oh, indie band. Jackie's dead again. I don't even think, I think I'm almost up to the part where Jackie dies. I don't even think yeah. I passed that yet. Um, and I was, and then I was kind of thinking, I've done a lot of stuff past that point. Like, I don't necessarily, I don't know if I'm ready to get back into just replaying like 15 hours of a game or 20 hours or where what point to yet. Like, I needed, I needed a bit more yeah, break time that's, before that's I committed fair. to that. Yeah. Um, but I think I'm getting there. I'm almost there. Like, I was thinking about it a couple of days ago. I'm like, I think I might want to play some cyberpunk. So, um, nice. Yeah, who knows? Should, hopefully, I'm soon. Maybe this Christmas period will be the, the mm. time when I finish Cyberpunk. Maybe it, that would be somewhat funny. Like a whole year on, like oh, Christmas removed from when we were meant to do it, we finally get to see <laughs> yeah. Cyberpunk 2077 in all of its glory. Um, but shall we? Um, shall we move on now and talk about a little yeah, bit of news we, to wrap up this I podcast? I think we should. <laughs> do you know one game that we're never going to see in all its glory? Oh, uh, I'm uh, really tired, so I'm not going to think of something. So just, I don't tell, know, yeah. just tell us. I'm going to tell you that we're never going to see, in all likelihood at least, a Star Wars Battlefront 3 in all its glory. Uh-huh. Because, get this, for the second time for the this sub-series, uh, for those of you that remember <laughs> the PS2 iteration of the Star Wars Battlefront series. So um, bloody good. Yeah, it seems like 3 uh, is not the magic number, because despite DICE having pitched the title to EA 
it has been turned down due to licensing costs. Da, da, da. I'm actually quite surprised about this. I I don't know why, but I I kind of thought that Battlefront 2 was a bit dead and gone. Mm. But weirdly, in the last couple of weeks, I don't know how I started doing this, I've started watching uh, people play Battlefront <laughs> 2. What? Where'd that come and from? That's weird. weirdly, For Honor as well. For the, Honor. I didn't expect I did, either of those what? two. I had a weird thing that I just, somehow I started watching some guy play where he was doing like one-on-one fights in For Honor. And I was getting quite into it. Like he's a very good player who was fighting other people. And, and now the algorithm owns you. Yeah. And, and the algorithm was like, if you liked that, there's someone over here who does these uh, like fights in Battlefront 2 where they play as the hero characters and they fight each other. And I weirdly got into that as well. And I was just watching people play as like all the different... I did because they have like Ray and stuff in it now as well in Battlefront yeah. 2. They, I was they, watching them. They've done a lot of work on the game. Yes. They've and it looked quite fun. It. I was tempted. I'm not going to lie. And it was free on PlayStation. Uh, yeah, PlayStation right. Plus for a while. Uh, I'm actually surprised that, again, with all the different ways that game has been free, I think it was on Epic as well. And <laughs> it's also, or if you have Game Pass, you can play it because it's a part of EA Play. Like... I'm I'm surprised that you've avoided playing that game in the, in the past handful of years, Jonesy, because I feel like just about every other human on planet Earth has. Well, no, I did. I pl- I played it. Um, I played it a bit, but then I didn't. Um, but I mean, since I kept, it got uh, every time I, Oh no, no, yeah, no, I haven't really done it since it got since it got better. But um, um, but then it looks like it should be really fun again. So I'm like, maybe I want to play it. But apparently, but EA don't agree. Well, it seems like the thing is that the issue, and this is one thing that obviously Ubisoft don't run into with their use of original IPs, uh, licensing is the problem. And one past developer said it takes, quote, 20% more sales to make the same amount of money. And obviously, Battlefront 2 was... That's a lot, man. Yeah, it was probably, in the end, when it was all said and done, a success story um, yeah. for EA. But, of course, that launch was not pretty. The reception of that launch was not pretty. And I wonder if there was just an element for EA where they looked at everything that they could get a team like DICE to do next and were just like, do you know what? We've got other Star Wars irons in the fire. We know that Respawn's uh, sequel to Jedi Fallen Order will grace us at some point. Maybe this just wasn't the one. It just didn't make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I I also think that, like, there's this issue, right? And you you almost look at it in the... um... Uh, Smash Brothers kind of way where you say, okay, you've got Smash Brothers Ultimate now mm. where it's got like every fucking conceivable thing you could possibly imagine except for Waluigi. Um, but it's almost like, okay, when you release the next one, and it's almost like what I said with the, with the Spider-Man thing. Yeah. It's like you've added so much to this and they've added so much to Battlefront 2. It's got like every single character, like all these different fucking modes. Like at yeah. some point you've got to say, well, where can you go from here? Yeah, yeah. what does a third installment even look like? You're right. Like, you what know, do and, we and, and, and it's just kind of like maybe it's diminishing returns at that point, and you just keep the servers on for this older game that people are still playing. I, do you know what? I actually agree. I think yeah. the, the Battlefront for me, when they reached that point where it's like, where do you go from here? Was when I last played it and I realized you, you could get a Donald Glover. Um, uh, Han Solo yeah, skin right. for Lando, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm I'm done. Like we we've made it." <laughs> yeah, I think they've got like all the main characters that you'd want. I mean, right? Exactly. I'm not talking about like, oh, you know, this this one fucking character in the background of this one obscure, right? Yeah, fucking, you know, and Mandalorian fans can just play Fortnite, so everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I guess for EA as well is that when they look at what DICE can do, and again, we come back to that licensing option, the eyes the licensing situation, the other option that EA have is to keep DICE working on the Battlefield series, which obviously they mm-hmm. own outright as original yeah, IP. Yeah, expect no... Hardline 2 to come out soon. <laughs> well, the, apparently, based on what we understand, that is what DICE have begun working on next, is another project in the Battlefield series. What it ends up being, who knows, Hardline 2 would be, <laughs> would be funny. I... <laughs> I, I, well, I think at this stage they just keep on working on Battlefront 2042. It would seem. Well, so. yeah, you'd hope. Yeah, in fact, that game had an interesting week as well as Forzy Mesmar, Dice's head of design across both franchises—that's Battlefront and Battlefield—has left the company following the release of Battlefield 2042. And Man. although um, at the time of recording that game did supposedly get its first big patch today, it did also this week enter uh, into. In and amongst, I should say, Steam's worst reviewed games of all time. It didn't take the top spot, which is still owned by eFootball 2022, but it is. it was in like the top 10, top 15 worst games of all time on Steam, um, which is, that is brutal. Rough. Yeah. Um, uh, one thing I loved about this dude leaving Dice, though, was um, was it was one of those where it's like, Oh, it's been in the plans for a long time. You know, I've been offered something amazing. I've got a, I think he released a statement like, I've been offered such a great opportunity at another place. So, you know, I'm, I'm going there. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> did, did, yeah, did they want to reconsider hiring you after the release of Battlefield 2042? Or are they still totally happy to have you? Or were you kind of pushed a little bit and now you've been offered something amazing yeah. that you can't turn down? Or, yeah, like, or was it a consequence of he really wanted to do battlefront 3 and they said no who knows man maybe who knows yeah i i feel like dice have somehow worked themselves into a worst of both world situation where battlefront is a no-go and battlefield is it needs to win people over and look yeah success stories as we we just talked about battlefront 2 you know there are a dime a dozen at the moment 2042 can easily be turned around and it sounds like portal mode especially has the potential to be a huge draw for fans for years to come but I personally, if they do go back to the Battlefield drawing board, I didn't think I'd ever be seeing this, but I wouldn't see, wouldn't mind seeing something smaller in the future. You know, if the if the push for massive player counts, massive maps, massive map and landscape and environment altering events is what's going to create the potentially issues that they've had so far, I'd almost rather see them. You know, I'll tell you what it's going to be. Yeah. Bad Company Three, and it's going to be single oh, player. Yeah. Oh, bro, don't teach that. That that's an instant hit. That's an instant hit. EA will do that at some point. They'll do it with with Bad Company Three, with Need for Speed Underground Three. They'll pull at the heartstrings. It's all they got to do, man. It's, it is all they've got to do. Well, we'll see, we'll keep tabs on Battlefield twenty forty two. But it seems with the way it's launched, one place that we're not going to see it come up um, during the remainder <laughs> of the year is any award shows. <laughs> Um, as they are now coming through thick and fast. Last week, we talked about the nominations for Jeff Keighley's Game Awards, but this week, we actually had a bunch of award winners courtesy of the Golden Joystick Awards 2021, which took place uh, on Tuesday, in fact, uh, the 32nd Golden Joystick Awards, for anyone keeping count, um, hosted by none other than Nolan North and Emily Rose. Mm. And I know who one of those people are. Uh, Emily, I only know because I looked it up. Emily Rose is um, in uh, Uncharted. 
She's, I don't know who she plays, though. She's in remember. Uncharted. Interesting. Yeah, and, you know, I, if I looked it up, then I'd probably... I would, do, do you know who else was in Uncharted? Tom Holland. Mark Wahlberg. Nolan. Nolan no. Oh. I thought uh, maybe we were trying to get like a known racist kind of <laughs> angle going. I thought we were, you know, re-exploring that old um, thing. Jones, that old, uh, she plays Elena, Elena Fisher. Elena. Elena. Is that the main chick? And That's the girlfriend, right? The blonde one. Yeah, it's got to be. Maybe. I, I'm, I'm going to say it is. I'm going to say it is. That's the main. That's the main one. Well, so at least they've they've uh, brought back together Nolan North and Emily Fisher, and the, well, their characters obviously are together. So they've brought them together to do the uh, Golden Joystick Awards. There you go. And what a Golden <laughs> Joystick Awards it was! As it's interesting. Last week we were able to pick apart the nominations, which is kind of easy because again they kind of had broadly speaking a one in five or a one in six chance to get most of the nominations right. With winners, it's a little bit more easy to kind of pick at the choices. Um, for example, one thing that hmm. I don't know if people might think it's deserved. Maybe we're not in the best position to um, to speak on it. But the actual best game of the year, the outright best game of the year, Resident Evil Village, which caught me off guard a little bit. Hmm. I feel I like uh, am it, I surprised I, I, here's the question fellas when dealing with stuff like this if not then who right <laughs> I mean just I kind of get this, the the hype behind that game when it was coming out seemed kind of crazy like there was so many people talking about it and everyone got obsessed with Lady Dimitrescu and, and yeah. it's you know I think and everyone seems to be totally into Resident Evil games the last couple of years. So I kind of get it, but at the They're same time, games. they are great games, but I'm kind of surprised that it got game of the year. But maybe I maybe I shouldn't be. I didn't play it, so there you go. Yeah. It was actually it actually ended up being an interesting set of awards because they broke it out into so many categories that they kind of could give props in different ways. For example, breaking it out by platform at the Metro Dread and Psychonauts 2 could win their individual platform awards. That also, though, slightly awkwardly meant that Resident Evil Village, despite being cross-platform, ended up being the best PlayStation game of the year, <coughs> meaning Returnal, Ratchet and & Clank, and Deathloop could, broadly speaking, go suck on their own dicks. Um, <laughs> that said, best gaming hardware, PlayStation 5. That is a bold choice. Um Again, I will stay. Yeah, up but it, it it does come back around. It like well, yes. So with the, the, yeah. they they gave the ultimate hardware of all time of, of the year. Though, hold on, before we skip on, I'd say all of the year. I think that's fair to say. The in what way did the, the PlayStation? In what year. way was that in this? In what way in twenty twenty one was owning a PlayStation five better than owning a PC? Like I, I get, like Chris was saying, I oh, get that the, they, the Xbox, I get that they gave it the ultimate Xbox. hardware of all time to the PC, rightly so. But in what way did PS5 owners have a better year than a PS PC owner? I think well, because you can play given the Returnal launch, and Ratchet. It launched, well, I was going to say because of 20, PlayStation exclusives. Well, yeah, but like again, like so, some of them, like Deathloop, could be played on PC, no problem. Like, but then I would say, I suppose I'm I'm guessing that the reason they did it was because a because they knew. And you can look at the hardware and the UI and you can look at the experience and they can say, oh, that's cool. It's done something new. PC, it's going to be boring if PC wins it every year because, well, you can do whatever you want for PC. Also, if you average out PCs, because you can't just look at the best PC, you have to average them out if you're going to be fair. Then there's a lot of crappy PCs. That's bullshit. So that's going to be... Why is that bullshit? Why is that bullshit? That's like saying, oh, well, the best food in the world can't be steak because if you get all the bad steaks and all the poorly... 
Malakuk stakes up together and divide them by the sum of all stakes, then actually the, an average steak is really bad because it's chewy. So I don't care if you just ate a prime <laughs> raggy, waggy ribeye because uh, it's actually being dragged oh, down by that 99p yeah. steak over there. You make a great point. If you said, what is the best food? And you, you said steak, you'd have to justify it. You couldn't say, well, I had an incredible Wagyu beef steak last week. Someone could say, well, I had a stringy old sirloin. <laughs> like, you have to okay. average it out. Can, of course you do. If I can give my reasoning why I actually think that yes, PlayStation could potentially have deserved it is because right. you you look at the bang for buck that you get. If you can ever get your hands on one, but like the right. price differential and what you have to spec a PC to do similar things, I think that's probably where they're kind of looking at it. That's if, if I were a judge on the gold. It's my favorite Joy- Beyonce song. Yeah, if I if I were a judge, um, that that's probably the reasoning that I would probably look at. I'd say like, hey, you know what? You're getting these fast SSD load times. You're getting like, however much much fucking terror flopping ding dongs. Cool, you know. Yeah. Can I? Can I? I forgot. So I'm going to put one other thing on cherry on top as well as to why PC should not have won it for this year, and not even like why P- PlayStation Five should have. I know what you're going to say. Shouldn't have is that despite PlayStation 5s being difficult to get hold of and Xbox being difficult to get hold of, graphics cards were absolutely impossible to get hold of this year. Yeah. And it meant that the PlayStation, yeah, hold the on, PlayStation, Jonesy, the you... PC has been set back. No, no, by, you're right. Like, you're right, you're right uh, Years. You're right, Jonesy. But did you? Did you? Did you get a? A new GPU this year? Do you know how goddamn hard it was for me to get a GPU? But did you? Uh, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, I okay was let me lucky. ask you a question. Let me ask you another. And question. I had the money to get it. As okay, well, let me ask you another. Let me ask have. another question. Yeah. Did I manage to get a PS5? You could have done. You chose not to. Not necessarily. Yeah, we had the conversation multiple times that you decided you weren't going to get one. Yeah, but that doesn't mean it. I, I even I, said, dude, every I've single day this week I've been, available. I've been looking, especially now that they've gone on. Uh, PlayStation Direct, like I told you, I said that there's a PlayStation Five near me available. Do you want me to get it for you? And you said no, thank you. Because at the time so, I couldn't afford it, not because I didn't. But then, but that that okay, that goes. I didn't see a thirty ninety for sale that I could have <laughs> picked you up. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I we don't need to get into the nitty gritty, but I, I again, I disagree. I don't think that's not a reason to discount the uh, the platform. Would you, hold on, uh, one, one more question. Determined, yeah. Would, so would you give it to PC every year? Yes. <laughs> But like based, apart from, based based on, apart from no, but no, there are a few. There will be a few years historically where I wouldn't give it to. The yeah, PC. like when the Switch launched, maybe give it. To or, the like, Switch. or like, but then the wouldn't period, it? Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't it become a non-award then? And then you just make like what? Yes, like the year the Switch launched. I think. Oh yeah, totally, dude. I think. Why not? Broadly speaking, the best gaming hardware award is redundant. Yeah, by and large. Yeah. Oh, because you mean because how strong the Switch was. By and large, yeah. Like again, like the like we're talking like the, the the PlayStation exclusives that I got to play on my PS5 that PC owners couldn't touch at all. Off the top of my head, were things like Ratchet and Clank and um, what was the other one? Returnal. Returnal. Two games that, in Golden Joystick's own estimation, weren't good enough to even win the PlayStation Game of the Year, which they gave to a cross-platform game in Resident Evil. So like uh, to be to be fair, when I say I'm, I suppose I'm thinking not just of the year. I'm thinking like November last year on to like in cut the 2021 as well because of the launch of the PlayStation Five. Sorry, Jonesy, well, there's like a that. reason that Nolan North and Emily Rose are up on that stage and you're not. It's because you just don't get the way the golden joysticks work. It's as simple as that. But Chris, yeah, I feel yeah, like you enough. might be a little bit more in tune to the way the golden jo- joysticks do their th- do their things because not just do you understand the power and the mm-hmm. prowess of the PC, but also 
I'd like to draw your attention to the fact that not only did uh, one of your most anticipated games of next year, Elden Ring, mo- win the Most Wanted Game Award, but also yeah, the Golden obvious. Joysticks took it upon themselves to award the ultimate game of all time, which is a very <sighs> bold and brave undertaking, but they've done it. They've put their heads together, and the end result, Chris, is none other than the game that you finished on stream this week. It's Dark Souls. Are you in agreement? I kind of feel like I can't be in agreement because uh, on this very podcast, what maybe like four or five episodes ago, we ripped into the fact that another, who was IGN, had their poll of like, what is the biggest, the, the best game of ever? And right. I think it was God, God of War that got it. And I love oh, yeah. I love God of War. It was my game of the year at, at the time. I love Dark Souls and, and Souls Likes. Would you say that year the PlayStation should have won the hard, gaming hardware of the year because it was a PlayStation exclusive? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, actually, because um, <laughs> I'm thinking there were, a lot of, there were a lot of things that were exclusive that year. Spider-Man wasn't on PC that year. Red Dead Redemption yeah. 2 wasn't even on PC that year. Yeah, yeah. My point being, like, <laughs> as good as they are, I, I, I still have to say that it is an unquantifiable thing that you shouldn't even try to quantify. I completely agree. Yes. Like, you can't. Like, there's, there's, yeah. there's no way. You know what? You want to say ultimate game of all time? Say ultimate RPG of all time. And then then you can have a little bit of kind of, like, um, weight behind your argument because you're saying, hey, like, it's not a racing game. It's not uh, an open world game. So... You know. it, it sounds like what you're saying, Chris, is if the, if a group of individuals wanted to, to de- wanted to determine the best game ever, <laughs> they should break it down by uh, yeah, genres yeah, by and genre, genres by genre. And... I completely such agree as, with that. Yeah, and such even as then, first person shooter, maybe even open world game. I don't yeah, know. but then even then, I feel like they should bring multiple candidates to the table and discuss the you know the pros and cons of, of each. Yes. of each. And and I think that they shouldn't be definitive in their answer either, and leave it to be an open ended yeah. uh, question. Yeah, even even offer it to like the audience maybe to to join in as well and to Good idea. Um, put some of their thoughts. Why forward. hasn't someone done this before? Yeah, I don't madness. Know. But I mean, mm-hmm. we can uh, start taking a step towards that by asking our audience to get involved. And of course, as we approach the end of the year, why not let us know your games of the year and what you thought of the Golden Joystick Awards in particular, and whether or not you think you could declare an ultimate game of all time and if you're feeling ballsy enough then why not let us know what it is and hey maybe we'll pick it as the comment of the week in next week's episode oh no not next week episode but probably the week afters and then we can um we can rip you apart and we can laugh at you and humiliate you <laughs> in front of everyone and if that's your kink then you'll have a great time um wow. but otherwise lads i think i'm just about ready to put a bow on this podcast how are you feeling <sighs> fucking delicious i'm i'm feeling easy breezy but you know why because i, I sprayed some of that ball toner on my balls as we're going through this podcast and nice it's it's feeling it's feeling lubricated fellas That's it's feeling right. perked up you know no. like how how you you see like perky nipples like if you imagine if my balls had nipples greg they'd, oh. be, they'd be perky right now <laughs> so vision <laughs> and you too can um have your balls Nipple feeling balls. ready to be milked um by heading over to manscaped.com and using the code SUPERSHOW. Once again, you can get 20% off your order and free shipping. That's manscaped.com and the code SUPERSHOW. Thank you very much for Manscaped for supporting the, uh, yeah. the podcast. And uh, thank you to all of you for making it through to the end of this huge, fantastic, amazing, and super memorable episode. Um, 
If you're watching us on YouTube, you can leave a comment in the comment section down below. You can like the video, make sure you subscribe because we've got some very cool content hitting the YouTube um, very shortly. If you're listening on an audio platform, then maybe give us a five-star rating if that's an option to you. And remember, we also uh, love the uh, the very caring support that our patrons show us over on patreon.com forward slash super show. And if you sign up, you can get access to all kinds of Patreon exclusive content. And I promise we have got some very cool stuff that we are cooking up that we'll be dropping in the next few weeks. So there's never been a better time to head over to patreon.com forward slash super show and show your support. Lads, any uh, ideas for a little code word that we can give the folks at home to leave as a comment? Hmm. Chris, you're you're kind of half mm. nodding. I th- I can't tell I, if that's a nodding because you, you've got an idea. I kind of, I, well, a rumbling. Oh, I, I was going to say how 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 can you type up? Uh-huh. I, you know, that <laughs> yeah. could be the challenge: is that we could just see different people's interpretations of how mm-hmm. that noise would be spelled. Perhaps, perhaps, uh, maybe. Th- didn't <laughs> want you to actually choose it. It's just a bit of a handed joke. I, I, I'm doing. It. I'm just. I'm just. I'm. Just, you know what? I'm a supportive individual. My friends you're, come you're up just, with ideas. You're just rolling with the homies, yeah? I'm a carry, you know? Oh, and, and I'm carrying the carry, so there we go. Does that mean we've got a code word? Does that, does that mean we need a different I, one? Can I put forward a code question? Can, oh. um, people, can people tell us that um, what, if we held Jamie down and we had the uh, Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 in hand, what should we shave first? Oh, that, now that I like. That I like. Okay, there you have it. It would take both of us to hold Jamie down to shave him, but if that, hypothetically, if we could get our hands on Jamie in the near future, what should we shave him? That, but that, that's based on the assumption that I would resist your advances. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> He's being held up. Right. He's like, oh, welcome. Stop it. it. No. Well, there don't you go. Do this, folks at home. Let us know in the comments down below which part should be shaved first. And uh, while I remember, actually, also, if you have any memorable highlights, moments, mm. quotes, hot takes, arguments that you can remember and recall from the last ninety-nine episodes of the Super Show, then please do also leave us a comment, letting us know what it is, and if you remember which episode it's from. Even better, because there's less of the hours of our own voices that we have to listen to in the next seven days. Good God. I've got one. I just thought of one. There we go. Let's hear it. That time Jamie was wrong about the PlayStation. Oh, okay. You know what? End of podcast. Just cut it there. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. See ya. Bye.